What's happening, weirdos? Uh, just Pete here. Valerie is at... I don't know where she is. Oh, oh you know where Valerie is? She's at uh, David Nick turn. Did you listen to that? What am I, Mr. Rogers? Did you listen to that episode? David Nick turn. He's a Buddhist meditation teacher. And she is at one of his seminars, which I think is pretty cool. Everything's good uh, with the baby. I think we're about 22, 23 weeks. I believe she's the size of a spaghetti squash. And I know not everybody cares, so I'll, I'll just fade out on the baby fix. But everything's good. We're very, very happy. Uh, it's the third day of shooting Crashing, season three. Every time I say that, it makes me really happy. Um, it's, it's so funny. This is Mark Duplass, number two, obviously. Mark uh, and his brother Jay, I, I love them both so much, have put out a book that I also love. I've read even more of it since we've recorded this episode. It's called Like Brothers. It's unbelievable. It's an anecdote. It's also, you know, it, anecdote. You know what I mean? It's, it's a story about their lives. And it's also crammed with, like, film and production and writing advice. So it's sort of like two books, like two brothers, together. Uh, it's, it's really, really great. I recommend to anybody that's a fan of theirs and anybody that's interested in um, creating stuff. This is not an ad. This is just me saying that's why Mark wanted to come on, promote the book. We talk about it. I have it. You should definitely check it out. Um, but then, I was, oh, I was saying the last time Mark did the podcast, obviously we talked about Soul Points, which I've brought up so many times since then because it was a real you know, defining thing. It filled a gap in my mental and emotional vocabulary. And here we are in season three, and I'm being more deliberate about soul points. I'm, I'm trying to take more time. You know, they're, they're 12, 13, 14 hour days. And so when I'm not doing it, I, I, I'm trying to do as little as possible. I'm trying to recharge and not push and not push and not push because I think that's one of the main reasons I ran out of soul points uh, last season. I was really kind of running on fumes, which is why uh, I get messages every day why we're doing one episode a month. For a while. Um, I've mentioned this before, but I tell you guys to love yourselves. I tell you guys to be good to yourselves and, and obviously to each other. What is this, Bill and Ted? But um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to follow my own advice and try and take that downtime to rest and recharge. And it's making such a difference. I think the way I put it, I was like, I didn't have the energy to be happy all the time last season, which is completely true. I just didn't have any extra energy. And I've been meditating more and feeling more energy. Like, that's what I'm doing with that downtime, and it's making such, 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 such a difference. I'm just, what, what, this is, I've never done such a long intro before. Some of you are trying to skip ahead, and you're like, is the intro still going? Yes, I'm getting, I'm getting into it. <laughs> Marin style. Todd Glass style. Long intro. But anyway... I love Mark Duplass. After this conversation, I texted him. I said, I feel fed. It was just like a, f a nourishing conversation. Um, I so hope you guys have people like this in your lives that feed you and, and recharge you. Um, and if not, I hope this conversation can give you some of what I got out of it. And uh, it doesn't really make sense to say let's get to it as quickly as possible because I've been yammering here for, well, it's been four minutes. Anyway... I do want to plug the Pete's Picks. Pete's Picks are a huge part of my everyday life, but especially when I'm shooting, they make even more sense. Alpha Brain is every day when I'm writing, 
when I'm shooting. Everybody that listens to this knows this, the Pete's Picks Alpha Brain. Let's, yeah, but let's not phone it in. I love it. It's a nootropic. It's earth-grown ingredients. Uh, it's not a stimulant. It's like a vitamin for your brain. That's what a nootropic is. It helps you think. It gives your brain energy to think and focus and concentrate. Helps with memory and recall. Helps with communication skills. That's why I take it before stand-up. That's why I take it before podcasts. Every podcast for the past four years, I've taken Alpha Brain beforehand. Or writing a script, take Alpha Brain beforehand. Shooting the show, Alpha Brain beforehand. So I want you to try it. It's wonderful. Go to onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. Boom. 10% off. The other one is uh, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. It is made from hemp, but they take out with science. With science. They take out the THC. They leave the CBD, which is like the other strand in the plant. So obviously it's plant-based. It is wonderful for anxiety. It's one. This is me personally speaking anecdotally. Uh, although they do have some clinical tests. You can look up that stuff online. Great for anxiety. Great for mood elevation. I'm a little quicker to laugh, quicker to relax, quicker to smile. Helps with relaxation. But you can concentrate. You can focus. It doesn't get in the way of work. It's not an intoxicant. It's also legal in all 50 states. There's, it's not about getting like any sort of buzz or anything. It's about taking the edge off in a calm, cool way. Uh, that I find very helpful in my daily life. So go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo, promo code KEEPITCRISPY if you want to try it. Uh, 10% off. Did I say that? So those are the products. Try uh, Like Brothers. Try Like Brothers, the book. I love these guys. I, we, Mark and I talk about it here. I wish I would see them once a week for some sort of Sunday supper. And if this were a Sunday supper, here, you're invited. Come come sit with us. This is like a Mr. Rogers intro. Get into it. Val's not here to keep me short. Uh, enjoy Mark Duplass. I do. And uh, see you in the middle of next month. Get into it. Oh, my God. I you, have no idea. You're doing it. This. I, this is Alex. This is Alex's studio. This is... Showbriz okay. studio. Okay, got it. <laughs> so you, who lives here? Alex You does. live here. Okay. Yeah, I thought this was, I thought this was like oh, your place. Oh, no. Like I live, co- work. No, I covet Alex's okay. place all the I time. Gotcha. I gotcha. And his renovated kitchen. But I like right. that. We're recording, by the way. I hope that's all right. I want to say, <sighs> buddy, I love you so much. And I love, I love the too, way man. you came in. I really do. <laughs> Can we talk about let's, it? Let's talk about it. You did a fun knock. I did a funny... Well, yeah, yeah. It was an excited. It was an excited knock. <laughs> the knock had a message. Yeah, it did. And the message was, Alex, would you turn mine up a little, my own voice up a little bit? I, I, we did one a couple of days ago, and I, I couldn't deal with the idea of me saying that on the air. But there, I just said it. There it is. I couldn't hear myself very well. Anywho, you gave a good knock. Do the knock for the people. I mean, some triplets in there. <laughs> 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 that, and, and I knew it, there's an attitude in the knock, and 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 then you look around, mm-hmm. and you're happy to be here. So I'm already like, people are looking to get. Nobody's giving. Everyone's got their receptors out to get. Mm-hmm. And you came in giving. Well, you know, I had a very strong feeling as I was walking over here, mm. which was I was excited to see you. Yes, and I was also slightly disappointed in us. <laughs> Bummed. But in a real way, in a very real way, not in the like. 
hey, let's bromance talk. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had such a wonderful time talking. I, it was unexpected for me. Right, me too. Um, I was hopeful, but and then And then we had that lovely meeting at the Trails Cafe where we got to talk some more. Early morning. Early morning. Which we, is my fave. And we and we, we made an effort. Like, we yeah. were both very... You were right about to get married. I was uh-huh. in the middle of all the work craziness. Yeah. And we, we were saying, basically, we're going to carve an hour out of our day... <laughs> For a new friend, when we already have too many friends that we don't have time for, and you have fam, and, and have family, yeah. and, and I mean, I have a wife, but you have kids, and I think that was such a silly and brave move on our part. <laughs> and then we kind of uh, can I tell you something? We Nick, let life take over. Nick told, Nick Kroll said to me once, "What he goes? I forget what it was. It was something about me." And he goes, "It's an interesting way you'd describe a character." You know what I mean? Like, like it would be in the descriptor. Yes, it would. Mark Duplass, the kind of guy who, with too many friends, would still think he could find an hour. Can I tell you what it is, though? What? Because I was thinking about this, too. Uh, and I'm not too disappointed, because from my side of things, and this really is kind of, I hope it's interesting, anatomy of a friendship stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't want to weird him. You seem so busy. And here I am, because here's here's the. Were bit. you gaming our friendship a little bit? Were you like, oh no, no, no. that is, oh okay, good, you weren't serious. It wasn't that; it was the opposite of that. Yeah. It was like I would think of you, because here's what I wrote down actually while you were in the bathroom. I wrote down flax seeds, wedding ring, cilantro. So I think it's funny the way the things that you tie to people that you mm-hmm. think of them. When I got divorced, I would think of my wife every time I washed my hands because I'd feel where my wedding ring oh, used to be. Oh wow, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then yep. I always think of Moshe Kasher. When I chop cilantro, which is actually pretty regularly, because one time at brunch, I said, Moshe, what's cilantro? Like, I just blanked. Yeah. (laughs) And he didn't make fun of me. Wow. So, like, I think of him fondly every time I chop cilantro. Yeah. You, two things, bro. Already. Flax seeds and and infrared saunas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Those things are flax seeds and what? Infrared saunas. Yeah, I got those. So I do those things every day. So I was thinking about you every day, like in those same ways that I think about Mosher before I used to think about my divorce. So it was part of my day and I'd always go like, oh, I should just text him like, hey, and then I was like, then I'd go back to Trails Cafe. I'm like, he's got the movie, he's got the family. and, And I know that you're spread thin. I am. And then you're going like, well, how do you how do you play it? How do you what? so? I feel similarly about you because oh. I think that while you're probably without kids, not as jammed as I am. Yes, I think that just adds a whole other element to it. I knew that you were in the middle of life changing stuff with wedding and potential honeymoon. Right, and I was like, okay, I'm going to let this kind of have its breathing room <laughs> and its space, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to trust. <laughs> so funny we're doing the same thing that the river will bring us together again dude jay and i hit it off big i knew time. you i knew you would i knew we would too because I, I i'm like i i got off so well with you and i i love his work and here we go and i'm excited same thing though but can, jay can was I, can jay i was talk more... about the extremely complex feelings that that gives me <laughs> tell me everything that that i that i ultimately had to write a book about <laughs> Which yes, is like brothers. Which is half of I me. Hold it up. Which is he's holding it's a podcast. the book. It's a podcast. I'm holding it up. I think they heard it slide across the yeah. table. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I can insert do, I can audio that. insert of book sliding across the I table. I just watched the movie about Psycho. And the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they mm-hmm. used for the stabbing mm-hmm. sound. Fucking it's, haunting. It, the Lord is in the details. The Lord, ooh. Not that we believe in the Lord anymore. Not but, the devil. Yeah, not the devil. You change it to the Lord. The Lord, yes. It's such a gross sound. 
Like yeah. they, they talked about, uh, I'm sorry to interject, they talked about tearing leather and yeah. what they do in, in movies now. And they were just like, this was just a melon. This was a melon. <laughs> yep. And that worked the best. And it was so gross. Um, Please keep going. You said I you had complicated we feelings. Oh, yeah. About no. me hitting it off with Jay? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> what I so want to occur in my body is I love Pete and I love Jay and what I want so badly is for all the people that I love to come together oh, so and have happy. all these things. I was worried you were going to be like, and I don't want it. And that is, and that is, and that is most of me. But then there is that small ah! part of me. There is that small little part of me that is so intrinsically tied with my brother. Yeah. That somehow the getting close to Jay is, I don't want to say threatening, but a. It it has um, an effect, yeah, on how I feel about it. It's so what wildly confusing. What, let's give it, you uh, the permission to ha- to unpack the negative feeling, knowing that most of you is the happy. Yeah, um, does it make you feel less special? Yes, that's part of it. Yeah, um, I don't think I would like it if someone like that. Fell but also, but mind. also that Jay and I have a similar personality widgets, as it were. And then you might be getting some of those from him and also from me. Ah. So that's also – I think that's also connected to the less special. So it's like there's a, there's a coffee there's bean a twin. and a Starbucks. That, I could go to, I think I that could go to might, one of these places. I think that might be it. Because yeah. hanging out with him was like hanging out with you in the same – and this is a compliment to both of you, obviously. It was like edifying. It was safe. It was spacious. Yeah. It was spacious. And I think that that is uh, – the unpacking that you just gave me permission to do, there's a year and a half of that that happened in the book for us. Oh, wow. Which is, a, I think, really... We I talk, haven't gotten to that part. We talk about that a lot with each other, um, but we hadn't really talked about it openly and outwardly and really dug into it to intellectualize it. Uh-huh. And what was and the man, consensus? that was a fucking journey for us. I'm surprised because you're you're so... The joke of you guys... Is that we, is we're that you so aware other. and we love each other so no, much. The book yeah. is so sweet and it's, it's also got this... Uh, I want to talk all about writing a book and the tone, picking mm-hmm. the tone. The tone that you went with has this sort of fourth wall breaking feel where you're like, I know you think we didn't really talk like this. But we did. But we did, and it's true. And it, and I and we believe you. Yeah. And uh, keep going. You're saying. But then there, there's other stuff, and I think that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to that part. Yeah. What happened when we when we when we got I don't know maybe halfway through writing the book, um, a couple of things happened. One, the, the we we got canceled with togetherness, right? And togetherness During being sort writing. of the pinnacle of our creative collaboration and the pinnacle of our personal togetherness as it were right um so that naturally created an open space for our time and our energy so it freed up ram you mean yes it oh freed that's up, interesting it i thought you were gonna up, be like oh it was too emotionally weird that we got canceled but no it, it carved it, a space it carved a space and both of us were oddly relieved yeah. which i guess is not a total surprise whenever there's a big Herculean task ahead of you that goes out of the way. You get relieved. I'm going to offer that when my wife left me, I didn't know it and I wouldn't have used that word. Yes. Because I, I was in love. I, I don't know if we were in love, but I loved her and I wanted to be with her. And you can feel that I'm guarded because I'm like, I don't know if we were in love. Yeah. I thought I was in love. <laughs> yeah. She leaves. There is a part of you that goes, well, I can hit delete on all these files. There is 100% that. <laughs> it just feels good. And ours went that and that it thing, and then deeper. Yeah. Because the, the deeper thing there was, I think we both realized it's time for us to start to individuate, and we are terrified of this, 
And I remember this from our chat. And and it it um it went deeper the more we dug into this book. And I think I can't remember where I was in the writing process when we talked. So I may have already been onto it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but we've gone even further into it lately about. You know that concept we talked about last time of of being ex soulmates yes. and and finding the space um, to sort of it's heartbreaking breathe yeah and we're now in a, a slightly different spot where I guess the way I feel about it is like um, we're kind of like in the last scene of Before Midnight um, <laughs> where like we didn't fight but like. We acknowledge that that it's tough. We acknowledge finally the negatives of being so codependent for so long, and now we look back at before sunrise and we see ourselves and we're like, "Do you remember Vienna when it was so <laughs> when it was so simple and we the were long young shot on the bus and it was just the two of us <laughs> yes. and 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 it was so uncomplex and I right. miss it so." fucking bad yeah and i will i think i will never have that again there's something about a point of affection like one point yeah we talk about single pointedness that's a big point of like uh buddhism yeah one pointed mind and they focus on god uh or or no they're not big god people they talk they focus on one oneness or whatever yeah a lot of buddhists a lot of different ways anyway when you have a wife or uh we talked about with me my mother yep you with your brother there's something about er- – and you want to talk about RAM. So your brain isn't filled with phone numbers and meetings and, and which friends we're supposed to text and nope. when. You can just – that's why your book opens with you guys in bed together, even though you both have a bed. Yes. Right away, I'm like, this sounds like a best friend. But it's one-pointed. Yeah. It's just one guy. And you can really trip out on you're here too at the same time. Yeah. Like the preciousness, if like if everyone died, yeah, and it was just you and I, yeah, suddenly a lot more important. By the way, I'm kind of okay with it. Just for, <laughs> just for a second, the simplicity of this room that we're in right now, yeah. And if we would just sit here and talk for the next like 50 years, that's the yeah. And someone would bring us little morsels of things, but not like too tasty, <laughs> just not sustenance and water, because yeah. I want this to be the yeah. stimulation. That's so funny. To deprive the other senses. My, I would friend, be into that. I love that. And people are going to be shipping us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> Which is fine. A, a friend of mine went to sit, sit with Ramdas, and Ramdas was late for breakfast. And all they were doing was like staring at each other and talking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Sh- you should get breakfast. You're, he didn't say this, but he's like, you're yeah. an old man. And Ramdas goes, this is breakfast. Ugh. Isn't that fucking what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about. Soul points. Soul points, dude. The soul points traveled. It traveled. Did you sense that? I I saw it. People still talk about it. I'm getting hit with soul points <laughs> to the point where where I can now see the book cover with soul points written in like a little like when you said it, I immediately pictured soul points. I think on it's the in a yellow book. circle that's kind of like the sun that bleeds out into orange around it in a slightly Sanskrit esque font. Wow! And I guess it's something like um, oh, the subtitle. I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> what's the what's the the that big book? The four somethings. The, the four agreements. The four agreements. Yes, I'm seeing. This is a new age hit. <laughs> this is a self help new age hit. But we're kind of talking about it already. Because togetherness yep. was canceled. Yep. So you freed up RAM. RAM is another way of saying you had more soul points. So I have more soul points. Even though someone 
someone that was renting your soul points togetherness yeah. gave them back to you. And the normal th- rhythm of that for me and Jay our whole life was, yay, there's more space. Fill it with more Mark and Jay stuff. And yeah. that was the one time we were standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon looking down and we looked at each other and it was very sad because we were like, I don't think we want to fill it with us juice anymore. Oh, wow. I think that we might want to do something else. And then we immediately just turned and walked away because we could not fucking handle it. It's devastating. It was devastating. Yeah. And and it is still devastating. But in this – I don't know. It's a, it's a very Ram Dass way where it hurts so good yeah. to a certain degree. Right. And that's kind of the, the place we've arrived at now, which is like, okay, we're going to try this individuation thing. I'm going to go to Pete Holmes by myself today. Yeah. Oh, he's in town? He's in town. That's so funny. I'm part of it. This is big. I'm part of it. Jay is in New York City, and he is not in this podcast I'm right part now. of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it occurred to me, I'm so happy to see you. Yeah. But I was like, I wonder if it would be better for the book if they were both on. And I was like, oh, we'll do that another time. It might time. be. I, but, that's, but there's something bigger at play. There's something, there's something bigger at play, which is the acknowledgement that sometimes like, yeah. Jay and I want to go to an industry party by ourselves. Yes. So that we can say all the things we want to say. Right. So that I don't have to feel um, like a fraud because I'm, I'm maybe telling a joke that I've told before. Right. And they don't know that. And, and I don't have Jay, Jay looking there's at Jay. me going, you, you gross person Dude, retelling that joke. I feel the same joke. way, you know, when Val and I go to something separately. Yes. I, I'm, or if, like, and I'm you people, can step out a little you bit. Can do the story. You know? Here's the story. <laughs> yes. Like, Val's such a good sport, obviously, but there's a different feeling you have when you know you have six randos. Totally. And Jay, and Jay is a good sport, him. and I am a good sport, but I feel feel his eyes on me and, oh, and he's not judging me at all and you've done press together oh god it's disgusting my uh co-stars on crashing the number of times they've heard me say it's called crashing not flourishing which is like one of my go-to yeah. jokes because people are like i love that you made a show about suffering or whatever they look at me like children and i kept going like taking it to the beeps <laughs> Like some joke I make every time I'm barbecuing. It is. is. Stop thinking taking it to the beefs. It is. It is painful. Yeah. And um. (laughs) And I guess yeah, we're we are allowing ourselves to lean into this stuff. Beautiful. So this was a choice. This was a choice. This is real drama. It feels like uh like French because of the. uh, Remember when Draper in Did you watch Mad Men season one? Yep. He's doing the the carousel. Oh yeah. And he goes nostalgia is a word for a wound. Yeah. So you guys are like feeling – you said it like a Ram Dassey thing. You're feeling this like heartbreak, but it's kind of warm. It's a little delicious. It's a little delicious. It's a little bit delicious. You want to kind of like cozy Spicy. up in it. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. Spicy. Yeah. But I wonder because you're talking about Ram Dass. Ram Dass says, I don't wish you the stroke. I wish you the grace from the stroke. Oh, man. So it's like he had this thing happen to him. Yeah. You're having this thing happen to him. But you guys are both – Tuned in pretty pretty well from what I can tell. So you're seeing this sucks and it has to be sandpapering us in a way. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think that the the real upshot of it right now is um, – I don't know how to explain this exactly right. But it is that I know we will never get the balance right. Yeah. Um, and so swimming in this sea of trying to maintain 
our intimacy, how should we do that correctly while at the same time individuating, opening space for me to sit with Pete Holmes by myself or right, whomever right. or do whatever, um, that balance is going to be impossible to get right. Yeah. And so that actually relieves some pressure on me yeah. to just be like, okay, well, this is impossible to get right. So I'm just going to tumble into the volcano right. and shuck and jive as I go. Right. And if I get like 82% of it right, I'm killing it. Right. And it feels nice, actually. I always think at this time I, was, I went – on this, I didn't know it was a date. It was when I was young enough to not know something was a date. But I was in high school. I mm-hmm. should have known. Anyway, I was like a junior. So this girl that I really loved was like asked me. She was like, "Let's go to Harvard Square and just take photographs." Because I was mm-hmm. in the photo class. And I was like, a million questions. Yeah. Does she want me to take photos of her? <laughs> yeah. Is this is like a modeling thing. Is she going to have a camera? <laughs> like, and this is pre-texting. You couldn't yeah. just call and be like, "Are you going to have a camera?" <laughs> just one question and hang up. So I just showed up. She shows up. No camera. Wonderful. I have my camera. We walk around. I'm taking a photo of a tree. And now maybe she's in the thing with the tree. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've told this story before, I'm sure. At the end of the day, I was going to change the film, and I forgot to push the release button. So the film was still taut. Oh, this is great. And it snaps. Now, I think about this all the time. And it's not a regret story. It's actually kind of like what you're talking about, jumping in the volcano. Mm. I realized I had snapped the film. I had made a mistake. And this girl just saw me do it. So I kind of feel like a rube. And on the bridge, I just opened it up and yanked the film out in this sort of like... Remember in A&P, the short story A&P? this is incredible, by the way. (laughs) This is incredible. I'm loving this so much. I yanked it out because I had snapped it. And I yanked it out. Later, my my photo teacher was like, you know, you could have, you know, even though you snapped it, you could have opened it in the dark room and we still could have developed it. And I was just like... I don't care. You became a man. I became a man. And you were so far from a man before you went into that park. Yes, that's right. I was was so scared. So much happened on that day. That's really incredible. There's a similar story about John Cassavetes who, you know, the day before they were filming, they didn't have enough money to buy film. And he told everybody, he says, it's okay. We're going to make the movie tomorrow without filming the camera because that's what's important. No. And they eventually got their film. And I'm pretty sure that story is not true because it's it's just too cool to be true. It's just rehearsals. But it's pretty With a lie. But it's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And it it begs that question of just like how much of the value is in this product or how much of the value is in this process. Yeah. And and I think as we get get older and and stuff like that, I I tend to lean towards the former. The – Process? The process. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm so with you. So my soap, I, I want to ask you I want to, well, hold on. I'm are. sorry to interrupt you, but no, I you ask. better not be fucking recording this thing because I want this to be only process. If you're recording this thing, this is, you're defying, no one's listening, right? <laughs> Ever? I mean, sometimes I think about, you know, long enough time, this will be gone. It will be. It will be. <laughs> so yeah. That's good. That's Don't good. be fooled. Mm. Just because people will be able to listen to it for probably hundreds of years. Don't be fooled. It'll be gone. It'll be gone. Excellent. Love it. (laughs) Love it. So you're talking about the process. I actually was just talking to someone on the train about this. I I started, I chatted with a fella and we were talking about. Stranger? A stranger. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming people chat up you sometimes Mm -hmm. on the train. They do. And I'm sure they're very sweet. Sometimes I'm in the mood for it, but honestly, sometimes I'm not. And sometimes I, I kind of give the energy of being closed, which I think is because I am saturated with the RAM and stuff. So anyway, continue. Well, today. I've been there too. Yeah. Today I was feeling very open and happy to be coming here and all the stuff. And so we started talking and we somehow got to this probably because I was thinking about this conversation a little bit. Mm-hmm. The, it's, it's such a cliche, but why you're doing something is everything. 
And the second season, we talked about this last time, mm. I was worried that I had run out of ways to regenerate soul points. I remember and, that. And now this is the happiest I think maybe I've been. My wife is pregnant. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> we have other things to talk about now. now. Baby. And uh, I'm so happy. I think about that all the time. Mm. Like sometimes I'll be like, I got to read this fucking script. It's eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah. know, and I'll just go, it's not. It's not. I gotta feed the baby. Yeah. It's there's a baby. Like yeah. this is this is what I do, and it's for something. It feels beautiful. Um, but we were talking about like second season. I sort of lost why I was doing the show, yeah. and then through conversations on this podcast, actually, this season has been great because I'm mm. like I'm doing this because I'm digging around myself. Yeah. I'm shining lights. I'm sharing. Then you run into people on the train and. They saw what you saw when you made the thing. Yeah, yeah. And now the world's like a little less alone. But if you start, even if you just go like, I could take a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucked. You're done. You're, you're toast. Fucked. You're toast. Yeah. The second you start going like, look at flights to Maui or whatever, <laughs> like you're fucked. You really are. The escape hatch of Which, doom. Right? How are your soul points right now? What do you, you – you... Soul points generally very high, and I say generally. I'm on a press tour right now, so they're never that high when you're on a press tour because you're just like constantly it's, – it's so much output. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but in general, super, super high right now. That's um, great. The girls are, are 10 and 6, um, and – I I'm mean, telling you, this is the new theory. The four are the girls close? They're extremely close. I'm te- okay. So Val and her brother, four years apart. Jay these and girls, I. you and Jay. We know this is the new theory. Mm. This is the new theory. Is that like I'm two years and my brother? We're fine. Yeah, but we're not like super chums. Yeah. And I'm noticing that that four years can make a huge difference. I think that might be part of it. I think it's possible that. You are in a place in your life where you don't have to worry about money. You're actualized and you're surrounding yourself with good people who are probably raising good children. And whether they are two, three, four, five, or six years apart <laughs> are probably going to get along. That might be that might be half of it. That's let really me, let, fair of you to say. Let me just say that. Instead of me oversimplifying <laughs> and going, it doesn't matter your circumstance. Just, if you're four, if years, you're four apart, years apart, you're solid. You're good. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't. I can't say for sure. But you are, you know, brother is a little bit down the road. Yeah. Like you told that story about your brother going to college mm-hmm. first. Even that seemed to bond you guys and forge you guys as opposed to competing or like he just went and you're about to go. So you're thinking about it like you're pretty far away from it. You're still a yeah. kid. Here's something amazing that is happening right now in my home. Um, as as Jay and I have, have put this book out and essentially what this book has become, and I think I'm just realizing this right now, I think I've been slightly scared to say this in other press outlets, but – this book is ultimately a celebration of everything that we were getting us here, and it's kind of a breakup book. Wow. Um, and it's a, it's kind of us consciously uncoupling, wow. as it were, and and still trying to be 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 divorced and raise our children, which is our projects and our movies together. But we're not going to really ah. sleep in the same bed anymore. Um, ah. And um, it's terrible and wonderful, and it's wonderful yeah, though, because I can support the parent he wants to be, yeah, and let it be a little different, and and right. of course we're still going to be doing 
Thanksgivings, Christmas, Easter, everything together because we have the same children. Right. And right. And but every now and then I'm gonna go do things by myself. Right. Um I just lost the, myself. Ooh, no, okay. it's beautiful. I, yeah. Dude, I'm feeling all the feels and it's like I just said all the feels. Yeah. What am I a kombucha ad? <laughs> so I've always thought of you that way. <laughs> <laughs> what is walk me if you want. Yeah. What is I'm sure you thought about it. The risk, the risk of staying together mm. is you become the same person? Yeah. We talked about you at you're at a party and you tell a joke. It's really it's really a great question cuz my immediate answer to that is there is no risk anymore because we've already experienced all the downsides that that are to be experienced of this intense codependency um, <laughs> which which are the dissolution of self. I mean wow. that's really what that's really what it comes down to. I didn't to. know you would call it a codependency. That's a Yeah, me. I really would call it that. Um, you know it's so funny. I've never thought of uh what is it? it's fraternal? Yeah. Fr- when it's brothers. When is it's the brothers. Word oh, oh, Doesn't matter. Know, Fancy like word for brother. Yeah. It, codependency. I always think that's something you need to look out for with your partner like yeah. that you chose but somebody in your family of course you can be codependent it's never even occurred to me 100 percent. and 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 to be clear it served us so well for so long to feel like outliers from the suburbs of new orleans who were trying to become artists it felt like we were trying to get to mars mm. on a bicycle mm. and so what we just did is subconsciously link arms Link legs, link heads, link souls. Yeah. And let's stay together and see if we can complete this three-legged race up the mountain. It's... And the only way we're going to get there is if we stay together. And then we did. And then we got to the top of the mountain. And that's not new or surprising that it didn't make us happy. Yeah. As, as everyone who has experienced some level of success, I think, has, has sort of experienced. Sure. Um, and then we then we kind of wandered around the top of the mountain with our legs tied together for a while, just kind of wondering like, oh, we're not we don't need to forage for food anymore because people are now delivering us food. Yeah, and 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 our legs are still tied together, and what and is that something we need to be doing? Oh, and then wow. we tied our legs to our wives and to our children, and then there was like eight of us stumbling around up there, wow. and then. We just kind of had to look at each other and just say, this is not right anymore. Yeah. Who breached it? It happened very slowly over the course of time. These Um, micro moves. Yeah, micro moves. Exactly. (laughs) And I would say that Jay was so fucking brave um, because the truth of it is that it was a little harder for Jay to be in the creative partnership than it was for me. He he took a little he took nine bullets per week and I only took like two and they were in the ass where it didn't really hurt that bad. <laughs> and the reasoning is is because creatively it's a little harder to be married to me than it is to be married to Jay, I think. Because uh. I'm I'm a little more brash and moving a little more quickly and I'm I'm excitable and I'm constantly trying to drag him into things and um and my brain is a little spastic and so Jay has a little more patience to him and yeah. a little more precision and a little more wonder. And so the the wonder You're guy, the Avid Brothers. Yes. Do you know the Avid Brothers? Yes, I do. And I saw the documentary and, it, the al- and it almost killed me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's... It was supposed to be light, but it was not for me. Um, and Peter Travers, you lie to me. <laughs> he lies right? about everything. He, he likes everything. Lie. I love him. Um, and, um, and so – the the real essence of the 
conscious uncoupling as and to be clear as true creative partners who are going to write together direct together produce together like what we did for togetherness yeah um that really ultimately came from jay um and this really long three-hour conversation we had in the attic where we did our first podcast um where i honestly cried for a good two hours and 52 minutes of that conversation. Oh my goodness. And Jay was very clear and very centered and very loving. And, and he basically said, listen, I've been, I don't know if I can handle no, this. he said, listen, <laughs> I, I've been going through the uncoupling of us over the last 10 years when you started becoming an actor and having your own creative projects. And I was just waiting at home for you to come back to me so that we could write and direct movies. So I admittedly am a long ways downstream from this uncoupling. He's been breaking up in his mind. It's been happening for a long time for him. And he's been very loving and gentle with me through the process. And and through this moment, he was incredible, you know. And he just said, I know this feels awful for you right now. But if we create this space here, we are going to be able to become brothers and best friends again. I really Really believe this. I believe we can go on hikes again. And and now Jay and I, since this has happened, like once a week we go to Altadena and we do a seven and a half mile hike run to a waterfall. And we so we hike three and a, three point seven miles up to a waterfall. Jay brings his dorky hiking stuff. He brings a little water filter so we can drink from the waterfall together. No. Even though we can bring our own Dasani water bottles, we don't do it because we want to drink from that. And then he brings a protein bar that we share and a carb loading bar that we share. And we sit in the dirt and we talk about things that aren't work. And then we run back and we get that endorphin rush and we don't talk. And we're just together like deer. <laughs> this is like the final scene in the movie that your brother was pitching you when he said, let's break up. 100%. <laughs> Except it's not a movie. It's my life. And, and but to, I, I got ahead of myself a little bit to get back to that moment in that, in that, uh, in the attic, you know, um, he knew it was going to be, it was going to take a while for me to get around that. And so I kind of had like three months where I was, heartbroken Mm. and i had a hard time honestly even being around jay um and then slowly but surely i started to realize i mean i guess intellectually i knew he was right when he when he kind of laid that on me which is what's upsetting i guess which was tough and i was like i know this in my mind how did you push back were you like that's Stupid. I don't. I didn't do any of that. You weren't childish, or we don't have that anymore. <laughs> it, it, honestly, I saved that for my wife and my children. <laughs> um, Were you angry? Like, was it? What? I was in the moment. I was not angry at all. In the moment, I was. I. I, was, I totally get this. I felt rejected. I was. Yeah. I was bummed that he didn't want to be my true creative partner anymore. But at the same time, I knew I really didn't want that either. I was just feeling nostalgic. And I was in before midnight and I was looking at before sunrise. And yeah. I was like, I know, I know I do that. I'm the most melancholic, nostalgic person in the world, you yeah. know? But it still took me three months to move through it. And I had to have that time so that yeah. I could emotionally get myself caught up with my brain. Isn't that sad? Isn't Why that does that crazy? take so long? Yeah, yeah. It's like that belief. Uh, I think it, uh, and I'm, somebody tweeted at me, stop throwing around Native Americans like they're magical. Like everything magic is theirs. Mm-hmm. So I somebody told me it was theirs, but let's not say it was. That the idea that when you're flying, 
in a plane mm-hmm. when you land it takes a couple hours or a day for oh, your yeah. spirit to catch up to you that doesn't sound like a native american thing because airplanes <laughs> i don't know right. but anyway somebody said it somebody mystic-y said it and uh, it sounds like your brain took the flight to New York. 100%. And you were still moving through jello. Like your soul was still going like it wasn't a concept. Uh, 100%. You had to feel it. 100%. And I think that that's pretty common. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm reading books about Buddhism right now. And I'm like, I get this. Yeah. But it's not making me any more Zen. <laughs> and I think that's going to take some time. We were just talking about that. Knowing everybody knows Hey, we're all one. It's one yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Great. Got it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But in those moments where you really feel like everything's one thing, completely different when it's an, when it's an emotional yeah. response. So so eventually what ended up happening is I, I, I reluctantly kind of went on that first hike with Jay. And then it's slowly like, like, like meditation is where you're just like, I can't meditate. I'm antsy. This isn't working. Oh, my God. It's working. Wow. And it just started to unfold. And – I would venture to say that we are in the best place now than than we have been in probably 15 years. Wow. Um, and it's not that complex. I mean, I'm talking about it as if it's like the most complex thing in the world. But the truth is of the three tenets of our, of our uh, bond being business, uh, friendship, and brotherhood, we just basically – carved uh some ram out of the business so that the brotherhood and the friendship could grow oh, and wow. it's and it's starting to happen so you're doing fewer things so we are the doing book is fewer sort things of like a milestone it really is uh, we're doing fewer things creatively side by side like we used to do where we just 14 hours a day in a chair together directing writing togetherness right. that is not in our future right now right and that was very hard to let go of um, what we do have you is you see me push a huge poster board with a pitch for you guys <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. the sound of big floppy totally. paper being yeah. pushed well, away well I'm still waiting for Jay to bust through the door right now <laughs> <laughs> like what's gonna happen um, and, so and, uh, and but obviously the, the, the company and what we do together will always be a thing and, and there will be things like room 104 which is a little bit more led by me but then I can always go to Jay and be like I am totally lost. Will you watch this cut and tell me what I messed up? And that's my guy. And I I always have him there. Right. And he's writing a script right now for him to star in that he may direct himself in for our Netflix movies. And I will always be able to be his sounding board and and be able to come in. And and that elective nature of it is really nice as opposed to the forced march. That's very interesting. It's making me think, obviously, there are all sorts of different relationships. Like Jamie Lee, who, who we dated briefly. We've been friends for a decade, okay. but we've dated briefly. And then we played boyfriend-girlfriend on the show. That seemed like a, a similar thing where it's like, we're not doing this all the time, but we could borrow that could, feeling yeah. or that energy and just kind of recreate it. Yeah, and bring it in and make it – there's something about uh, – this word elective has been big for me lately. I, I'm talking with my dad a lot as we talked. I'm really close with him. Um, I think about your father all the time, by the way. Really? Only in regards to decisiveness. <laughs> I cannot stop thinking about the level the level of human perception that was required for you to understand how specific that is and like try to love him anyway. Oh my and goodness. I know that man so well. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's a there's a script. I've, it's so sweet. We're doing my parents in another episode this season. Okay. I gotta put 
decisiveness. You have to put decisiveness in there. Oh my god! And if it makes it, it's got to. You can just you let can me know. be a. Co- can I be like a cousin who's like in that scene? <laughs> yes, because I need to be there when that actor does that. <laughs> Very important to me. Decisive. <laughs> you know, what's the most important quality in a director? I don't know, Dan. <laughs> decisiveness. What's so sweet about that for Is me? that what he said, or did he give me the option, decisiveness? Do you remember? Um, he, The way you pitched it to me, I believe, was he <laughs> asked you the question knowing that you wouldn't have the answer because yeah, yeah, yeah. he wanted to Say. he wanted to lay the knowledge on you but in my in my mind and again this is all projection because <laughs> i built this whole story of, around it in my mind it was a way of him offering something that he might be able to give you as a dad so that you might get a little more respect and a little more intimacy there but at the same time making an effort to show you that he's thinking deeply about your life and the things that are important oh, to you, and so it was an an offering of a of a bridge yeah. with his sauce on it a little bit, so it could be a valuable bridge. Yeah. You know? I wholeheartedly disagree. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think what happens is if a butterfly flew in this room, that's that's my oh. career. I, I'm sure he thinks about it sometimes, but I don't think he's ruminating on it and then he goes what's the most important quality in a butterfly it's because it's in the room and then once it's gone and the reason and i say that in love yeah i have a similar brain i don't know if i i don't i don't know if he does that yeah because we share dna i might be projecting because uh i love your version my dad well like my relationship with my dad is is such that maybe i i have a hard time imagining uh that someone is not at least subconsciously trying to connect with me from that level because that's what we're all about he is you're catching. I'm, I'm not. I, let, don't let me interrupt. But he has been texting me. He's watching crashing. Yeah, and that's been helping him get to know me, which is weird because oh, I'm playing wonderful. like a regressed version of myself. But he's yeah. just catching up to like 28 year old me, which is yeah. fine. He's but he is making the effort. You're helping. Something's going on. You're helping. Something's going on. It's it's about Schmidt. Have you seen about Schmidt? Yeah, it's I about have. Schmidt. You go, Ginny. He's trying. He's trying to get close to Ginny. Yeah. And I am going to be more open to my father. In fact, well, I have been being. I will be. I will be in Dugu and make my way uh, in there somewhere. Dear in Dugu. Dear in Dugu. Um, oh yeah, I was talking about my dad, but I yeah. can't remember you what said it was. You're so close with him. Yeah. Uh, fuck. I don't remember. I decisiveness. About... <laughs> decisiveness. <laughs> Anytime I think about dads, I just think decisiveness. It's just. Well, you were saying it's been a long time coming. Uh, the relationship of your you and your brother, and you go hiking, and you're carving it out, and then and, and then, then I back. got to something about oh, I remember, yay, electiveness, <laughs> electing things, electiveness. Um, yeah, well, in the uh, in the life architecture zone lately, um, since my life has a little bit been kind of uh, thrown up in the air with this individuation with me and Jay. Um, lots of great conversations with my dad, who he's 72. He's, you know, just older and smarter about a lot of things. And uh, he's a great sounding board for me. He's in Puffy Chair. Yes, he's in yeah, Puffy yeah, Chair, yeah, yeah. yes. And and what he... I call it Puffy Chair. What he has been able to offer me, <laughs> which I thought was really brilliant, and I should have seen this earlier, is 
as I'm thinking about what's the right size of the company? How much work should I be doing? How much should I be giving to the kids? How much should I be giving to Katie? Is it okay if Katie and I go away every two months for two days? Will the kids feel like they're being left behind? I should foster, you know, I'm just, yeah. you know. You these, write that in the book. These thoughts, all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, um, Two minds. His thought um, <laughs> is, is like the more you can put yourself in a position where the things that you are going to do are elective things as opposed to things that you have to do, the that will only increase your happiness as you go along. Beautiful. Um, and so I've been thinking about that a lot uh, as I build my life. Like, you know, if you are, let's say, the star of a 22-episode-a-year CBS sitcom, that removes quite a bit of electiveness of your life. Yeah. You are not the boss. You have to be there at that certain time and place, regardless of what your spirit is telling you to do. Right. Now, look, I realize this is a massively privileged position to be in, but the truth is I worked my ass off and almost destroyed myself to get here, so I might as well fucking enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, so, and speak freely about it. And speak freely about right. it. It's okay. It's, it's hard to ha- – I was watching a lot of uh, – commentary on This Is America, the yeah. amazing Donald Glover thing. And some of the people were well, white and people were giving them so much shit for trying to have a perspective. Yeah. It's like, we can't rep everybody. Yes, You can't rep everybody. 100%. Like the whole video would have had to been like, I'm sorry, I know this I, isn't for me. 100%. But this is what it meant to me and I found it moving. Like 100%. it would have to be all that. Yeah. We find that with Wild Wild Country where it was like, there were a lot of people tangentially involved in that story who felt that you know what? You really could have done a much deeper dive of into course. this thing. And yeah. this thing, like, it would have been 150 hours. <laughs> I'm not sure it would have been good. I feel bad. <laughs> we yeah, tried. We could have rolled it out in real time. Yeah. And it would have taken five <laughs> and, years. Yeah, it would have been extremely validating <laughs> and intensely boring. Um, but uh, but at, back to this sort of uh, back to this sort of electiveness. Um, you know, it has it has brought me immense joy lately thinking about. Okay, what are the things I can set up so that I can jump in and really, really enjoy myself when I want to, but then when I need to jump out and go somewhere else, uh, I can do that, and yeah. so you don't feel trapped. Yeah. Um, and that has been huge. And I don't know how much you feel that at all with crashing. Do you ever? I mean, it sounds I like you're, feel so happy that it's eight episodes. Yeah, that's, it's like it's that's good. People who know, people who have done what you're talking about, look at me and they're like, "That sounds perfect." Yeah. And I have more appreciation for like, wait a minute, this is perfect. And you're not doing what Jay and I did, which is writing and directing every episode. Yeah, that's and crazy. Being a maniac. I enjoy. You're delegating. I enjoy that. Uh, you know they. Obviously, people are like, "Do you want to direct?" Because I write it and yeah. producing, and I'm involved. And I was like, I kind of like taking lunch. Yes, <laughs> I kind of like having lunch. Like I see the directors; they're always going off to talk about something, and I'm like, those are the only meetings I don't go to, and I kind of like it. Again, a privilege. That I would say, take I like that it. a level further, and I I can't remember if we talked about this last time or not, but I'm in the place with delegation where if I feel like it's a wash for someone else to do the job instead of me. Like 20% chance it'll be better, 20% chance it'll be wor- yeah, yeah. worse. I have to give that away. Yeah, you said that to me. Yeah. That's been hugely difficult for me. I still feel like somebody told me that Jon Stewart rewrote every Daily Show script. Wow. And like, you know, or he had his pass on it. He's a genius though. Right. <laughs> I'm not, and I don't think you are either. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying like right. So we can yeah. talk about like, no, 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 like, no. Him. But that just da- occurred to me. That's a yeah. daily show. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's on every day. That daily show. But um, 
I there's a difference. Season two, I had to go through every script. Yeah, and I'm kind of like making the dialogue sound natural to me, right? Which is subjective, but Voicing it sounds it. natural yeah. to me. Voicing it, ooh, I mm-hmm. learned. And now this season, and sometimes season two, I'd be like, God damn it, I'm the only one. Like you get this lonely feeling where you're yeah. like, I'm the only one that can do this. <laughs> you keep it to, I would keep it to myself, but I would feel it. Yeah. At th- season three, you just go. I don't think John Stewart wasted the energy of going like, why do I have to try and because you're John and you know what sounds like John to John better than anybody else. Hundred percent. So just do it. Just do it. It's an attitude. Yeah. It's just going like, what a privilege that I get to do this. And part of that is the process of you being in season three, and and you, it's, right. you're so, going to have these every season. You're going to have some level of that, I think. And then eight gets easier and easier. Yeah. I mean, touch wood, but it's like. That I, we're getting better. Season one by episode six, I was exhausted. Season two yeah. by episode seven, I was exhausted. I'm hoping we'll get through all eight, and I won't be exhausted. totally. You know what I'm saying? I'm so excited um, right now. I am uh, in this moment with you and enjoying it. But I also just got ejected like five years into the future, and imagine <laughs> us sitting down and talking about this with your four year old oh child. Oh my god! And what is this going to look like? And how will you be feeling about that? Because because that I think those things quite possibly will change for you. Those 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 priorities of how much you're willing to be. I'm just in this place now where I'm like, they're six and ten. Mm. My ten year old is halfway done with her tenure in our home, wow. and I don't want to miss any more. So right. the twelve thirteen hour day of set is almost like nope. Wow. Nope, not for the next twelve years. Electiveness. <laughs> what is the greatest quality? That, yes. But this is what we're talking about. Kimmel, I maybe I said this to you last time. It doesn't matter. Let's not worry about that. I say this every time this comes up. Kimmel on this podcast said, if it's on the calendar, I don't want to do it. Mm. Does that sound familiar? No, it doesn't. So your dad and what you're saying, privilege noted, or specialness or rarefied air noted. Yeah. You still are going like, okay, they, everybody says they grow up so fast. Yeah. We're learning that all these cliches are true. They're very <laughs> true. But that being said, they, I think that they don't have to grow up so fast if you are able to create fun little aberrations yeah. in the scheduling that every day doesn't look exactly the same. Uh. And you do some different things so it shakes it up and it marks the memories a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and in Why particular, do we always remember our dad pulling us out of school like playing hooky? Like, that's an aberration, like you said. They're very, very important. It's important. Yeah. It's it's like tearing the film out of the camera. Mm-hmm. I always remember that. It was an aberration of how I normally behaved. It is. It's a disruption. One, it's a disruption. <laughs> We're disruptors. And you d- deliberately disrupt your daughters? One, uh, one, <laughs> 100, 100%. <laughs> I show them movies that are maybe a little too old for them and blow it. Like, we watched The Truman Show together and it blew their brains open. Whoa. And, and that's how you feel as a kid, by the way. And it's one, and it's so, and it's so great. And then every now and then, it's okay. We're going to school. We're going to drop you off, and then you just don't stop at school. Oh my god! And we're going somewhere else today. Oh my god! And those little brain explosions, I think, are are critical. And the truth is, you just don't think to behave that way yeah. when you have, like, you know a 13-hour shoot day on your calendar where you have to be there. Right. When I am a producer, when I have to like watch a cut of something or get to a script, those are things that are slightly elective that I can punt till the nighttime or punt till the next day yeah. and move around so you can allow those 
moments to happen. I'm trying to get there. It's very difficult. Yeah. But that is why I've had to basically say, if someone else can do this close to as good as I can, yeah. uh, punt it. And the last two things that are left for me yeah. that I think are my unique skill sets are writing first drafts of scripts. I feel very good about my ability to vomit draft a script that works. Yep, yep, yep. And 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 I and I I really do. All false modesty aside, I feel like it's one of my special qualities. Well, can I also say as as a good I call them flash drafts. As someone who can write they also used to call me a length, the lengthener on my old writing <laughs> the, show. The lengthener? The lengthener. Okay. Because if you had a half a page scene, yeah. th- this almost never happens that you actually need it to be longer. Yeah. Almost never happens. I can easily – and I'm not saying which is bullshit. I mean like I can make, make the it scene – Make it real. Add three more beats. Two pages. Because yeah. it's, it's just <laughs> – The lengthener. The lengthener. <laughs> I think we're similar in that way. Like you take – you're in a situation and I don't know it's, it's how I was raised or what, but I'm considering – how everyone's feeling and yes. motivation. I could be wrong, but that's what I wrote down. At least down. there's a thought about it. There's a yeah. thought and then there's a confidence. Val mm-hmm. and I talk about this all the time. Obviously, confidence is a tricky thing. It's a little bit like, you know, dangerous. You can have too much of it. It's gross yep. or grotesque. But there's a confidence when you're writing a first draft. I have, I'm have. i going to impose this on you. You tell me if you agree. You get into it. Like I bet the reason you're confident in that talent like you can say all false modesty that I have this talent is because it's like knowing you can surf. Oh, it's a, it's a hundred percent that it's even, it's a level more for me because there's a genuine excitement about it. Mm. Like I am not an intensely spiritual person, but I feel my creator or I feel like my spirit when I am in that yeah. draft of a room one Oh four episode. Yes. And I don't we know exactly what should this. be happening. Yes. I'm like, Oh my God, I know what to do. It's that. And I bet I thing. said in the last talk, people can do a super cut of these two moments. Cause I bet I said this Cormac McCarthy didn't know how the road ended. Yeah. No, I don't think you said it. Okay. Maybe he did. Or maybe was, I just tuned you just, out. Who cares? It's worth yeah. repeating. Like, yeah. I've, I've heard these things too. And here I am saying them again. Cause I want to think about them again. That's amazing. An old man writing one of the great books of yeah. the past 25 How's years. How is this going to happen? He doesn't know. So I bet that guy's an atheist too, or you know, not, yeah. not necessarily religious or spiritual. But in that moment, you go like, this is fucking sex with lightning is what it is. It, fe- <laughs> it, it feels so great. And so I try to stay in that zone. And I also just genuinely enjoy it. And then the only other thing I feel like is I'm like – I guess what I say is I try to find things that I'm irreplaceable mm-hmm. um, yeah. is is like each movie or TV show is like a little startup. You got to build it with the with the right size budget, the right staff, the right scope so that it can be sustainable. Right. It doesn't get too big or it's not so small that it won't get seen. Right. And I have that thing too. So mm. the the building of projects. So at our company now, it's literally this thing of – Unless it's one of those two things, wow. somebody else take it. I remember take you saying it. this. It's, it's still hard because when I said I'm going to do the – I just have to do the rewrites and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and that, they usually take me about two days, like yeah. two full days. And then my uh, – one of the co-EPs was like, yeah, but next year you're going to have a baby. And I don't know. Maybe you should be taking more time yeah. to like – that's the other thing. It's a type of conflict to sit down with another writer who has their own sensibility and go like – you're wonderful, but I'm just trying to teach you how to write yeah. like I do. Yeah. And that feels so much like a fight. I can hear Judd's voice in my head go, what are you doing? Tell him. Yeah. Talk to the guy. I know. He, he, he said down. the same thing to us when we were doing it together. And he's like, you're an idiot. Why are you, why are you writing and directing all these things? This, really? There are other people that can do this. Don't do this to yourself. Wow. You know? um, I think that's one of uh, Judd's big messages to people. Yeah. 
I remember Jordan Peele was in all the trade magazines and was taking on like all these things. And he was like, if he takes on two more things, I might have to call him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to like call him and just like, yeah. he's like shandling in that way he that he calls up and just goes like, hey man, you know, yeah, you yeah. Know, I don't know why I'm doing Gary now, but you, you know what great. I mean? That was a good Gary. It was a first try, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. And that goes back to first drafts. I think that's yeah. so interesting. And room 134, uh, 134, It's coming up. Uh, it's, it's coming it's up. In 30 seasons. Yep. Why is that your favorite number, by the way? I, I rewatched The Puffy Chair. And yeah. You get room I don't know. I think it just, you know, I came up with room 104 as a show like 10 years ago. Um, oh. And so maybe it was near when I made it. Yeah. I, it feels feels just random enough. But you, know? you say in the movie, you know those. You go, that's yeah. my favorite number. Oh, I do? Yeah. I don't even remember that. <laughs> you say, you get room 104. Yeah. It's a similar style I think my hotel. character was just trying to charm her so she wouldn't bust me. It's such a great scene. Um, it's such a great scene. It's, those, such a te- it's, it's, it's tense. We just rewatch Psycho. Ugh. We forget the basic terror of ordinary things. Ugh. Like in Psycho, she's driving in the pouring rain, driving rain, mm-hmm. and she can barely see and she's tired. And you're at home going, that works. <laughs> <laughs> that scene works. I think about like, there will be nothing more terrifying than the VR experience of me cutting garlic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like if you could put on VR goggles. It's just intensely, and inherently, <laughs> inherently. It is. How is he holding it? What is he doing? It's what, what happens in my body. Is, oh, this won't end well. Yes. This won't, this won't end well. That's, did you did you get to the uh, Psycho chapter of the book yet? No. Is Psycho on your list? Psych? No, not the movie Psycho. It's something I did to Jay when we were when we were little. Will you talk this about it? Terrible. I have a part marked that. Oh, here it is. One oh five. I remember. Uh, I think I don't know. I can't remember what age I was. I was young. I was like maybe eight. And Jay had had um, wronged me somehow, which is pretty rare in our relationship. And I heard him up in the shower, and and my my young id was thinking, must to revenge, <laughs> must to something. And I saw one of those like 1980s like yellow translucent handled screwdrivers from the set that you get, you know. Yeah. And, was, and and before I knew it, I was walking up the stairs with the screwdriver in my hand like a knife. Wow. And and I was standing outside of the shower curtain. And I was like, I'm going to scare the living shit out of him, and it's going to be amazing. And then in my mind, I saw what that would do to him, and I thought, I can't do this to him. That's a terrible wow. thing. This is my brother. I love him. Whoa. This is ridiculous. So I just like opened the shower curtain jokingly with it, and I was like, ha-ha. But the joke to me, which was much less, yeah. was still a lot for Jay, <laughs> who didn't know I was standing there, and his little white prepubescent hairless body just like <laughs> slammed against the shower and he screamed like louder than I've ever heard anyone scream before oh. and it terrified me and he looked at me with like this betrayal and I dropped the screwdriver and I ran down the stairs out the front door down the block and up to the levee into the little woods and just hid oh no and stayed there for like two hours and then I like slowly walked home and <laughs> And when I walked in, Jay was s- sitting on the couch with like a towel around his waist and a towel around his shoulders and my parents on either side of him comforting him like a drowning victim. Um, wow. And and I was and they did what they do so well, my parents. They didn't tell me to apologize or tell us what to do. They just let us figure it out because I think they had a trust that we had 
a way of doing this, you know? Oh my God. Um, and, and then I, and I, I remember thinking like, I, 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 something deep in me was like, you, you shouldn't apologize for this because <clears throat> this man is, is your king. Jay was my God at that age. And, and, and you're just, of course, I wasn't thinking this consciously, but I was feeling you need to kill your king. And that, that, that thing you need to do, which is to remove your God so that you can grow and breathe, is natural huh. and it's okay. But then I saw him there suffering um, and I knew, wow. oh, I'm going to have to go give him all of my love and, and apologize. And, um, but uh, yes, as, as to tension and as to psycho – um, it's a big, it's a big part of our, uh, our history. Yeah. That's so relatable. I don't know why. It's just like, I, I haven't done that, but yeah. like the feeling of wanting to kill your older brother, but not because not even, it sounds like more than just angry. You wanted to, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't just anger. It was like, I need to, rem- it was the, he's it was, in the way he's in the way, but I love him so much and I want him in the way. Yeah. But I can't. So I'm going to have to do something about it. It foreshadows it's, the breakup uh, later. 100%. Uh, it's, Just it's, like the driving rain foreshadows the shower scene in Psycho. Yeah, 100. It's, it's all, there's a lot of water. <laughs> there's a lot of water. <laughs> there's a lot of water. Well, she's dry, I watched this movie about it and they were like, well, she's trying to get clean. She's trying yeah. to absolve herself. <laughs> you know, I wanted to go back, but I keep saying, I'm not feeling, now I feel like I'm promoting the book, but it really was. No, please. It's, um, there's this other moment we wrote about in the book that's related to what we were talking about with the uh, the vomit draft and our confidence in it. And I will never forget this. Um, like when when I was growing up with my brother and my dad, we would watch NFL, watch football. And we always had this moment where it's like 20 to 20, fourth quarter, team's driving down the field. They stall at the 35-yard line. There's two seconds left. And all of the 350-pound guys who have been working for 60 hard minutes come off the field. And then there's a 140-pound small man <laughs> with a strong leg who comes out. And it's on him. <laughs> with a strong leg. To kick the field goal that will make or break the game. Wow. And the fucking pressure. He must – the anxiety I would yes. feel yes. looking at him. And then they do the close-up and look in his helmet and he was just like – Cool as a fucking cucumber and actually a little excited. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, like if I had to take that ball, I would just be trembling. You know, and my my dad said something to the effect of like, yeah, you will feel that way most of the time. But when you get to that place in your life, when you want the ball, you will know you're in the right spot. And I think that with the writing thing, that confidence thing you're talking about is like if you had to – do the thing that happens in Tootsie where some of the tape of crashing got coffee spilled on it and you have to record a live scene and rewrite it five minutes before you shoot and improvise it in the moment and get it right. Everybody else is shitting their pants. that happen pan. in Tootsie? That happens in Tootsie. That's the climax of the movie. Oh, it's they, been so long. They have, to re, they have to redo it live so that on camera live is the revealing of Michael Dorsey. It's wow. it's really brilliant. But if you had to do that with crashing, <laughs> I feel like I would if I was watching on that set from up high, I'd yeah. be watching everybody shit their pants and I'd be looking at you and be like, he's he knows what to do. <laughs> he's got and this. And isn't it funny? It's not kicking a ball, no. which is, is terrifying. Yeah. But there are other terrifying things where you just kind of feel a little bit more 
grounded. This is my spot. You go, this is my spot. I'll go kick this ball. I know what to do with this. Yeah, I'll go yeah. kick a ball. Yeah. And you kick balls. <laughs> and I kick balls. <laughs> and you kick balls. Where Chopper, we- kick balls. <laughs> a little uh, stand by me pun there for you guys. <laughs> I, I want, does this sound familiar? I scared the hell out of my brother. We saw the movie, uh, the movie, the, the play Mousetrap. Which the direction that we – I know. My mother loved I was not expecting this. We were children. We were children. <laughs> and in the play, uh, the murderer would announce himself into a room with a leather glove coming around a mm. door basically. And it happens like three or four times in the movie. And maybe I told you this story last nope. time. Again, we're not going to care. Oh, good. So fingers are on the door and he whistles three blind mice. So it's, it's like 80s Ooh. scary. It's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. scary. But it's – That's something that would – for a child would be a little rough I it's think. It's scary. Yeah. So we're sitting there and we're like, this is frightening. And they always know the guy. They're like, oh, it's you. Right. You know what I mean? It's a real mm-hmm. classic like that. And then they get murdered. So my mother has these driving gloves. And I – my brother, I think, is coming out of the shower. Wonderful. It's the same sort of thing. We know where we Older know where brother. <laughs> <laughs> so primal. Oh, yeah. The nudity. The, the you nudity, were just like in a soundproof room for a while. 100%. The, the closed-in box with no visuals. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really – it's and you're time. slippery. <laughs> you don't want to – don't go into a fight slippery. <laughs> you want to be dry and grounded. So I put the glove on. My brother's coming down. I, I remember feeling exactly how you felt where mm. I was like, this is scary. But I wonder if I had that feeling of like, I think I could handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something beneath it for sure. You're asserting some sort of dominance. Like yeah. if you scare someone – it, it's why it's such a shitty thing to do. It is. But I just put my hand around the door and I, I whistle three blind mice. And I'm thinking, he, he, it's my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out of my bedroom. You can't, you you underestimate the element of surprise. You were living in it for so That's long. It, like up to Jay it. breaking up with you. And so you could have done it at 100%, but you just did the 60% <laughs> version. But that 60% for him is 6,000% because he didn't know it was coming. <laughs> He thought he was just walking to his yeah. room to put on clothes and a leather hand oh, comes yeah. out and whistles three blind mice. And I turn the corner and he – the only way to say it is he looked like he had seen a ghost. Yeah. He was frozen <laughs> and white. White as the towel. And how? Give me the age roughly. I'm going to say I was 11. Okay. So he was 13. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> I one time tripped a kid who was running really fast by me, and Looney Tunes pops in my head. I'm like, Bugs yeah. Bunny always trips people, puts his leg out. I did think he was going to jump over it, oh, but yeah. boy, didn't he, and he ate it on the sidewalk. Oh. And that feeling of like, oh, no, this is something I saw in a movie or a cartoon, and I thought, I don't know if you had seen Psycho Shit at that just point. got real. Shit just got real. Yeah. And he's crying, and his leg is bleeding. It was a terrible day. Oh, my God. Have you ever bullied anyone? That's a good question. My first writing job, yeah. I was mean to another guy. I've apologized on the air before about this. I And I love this guy. I really yeah. do. I think of him very fondly. But we were both staff writers. And I remember just thinking he – like it had like – there was a competitive thing. We're both yeah. the new staff writers. And I, I teased him a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I bullied him. Right. But like – I was never like, you fucking sick. Right. But I did kind of make a lot of jokes about <laughs> – him. Yeah, I would write out things that were you, he were you said. Feeling, were you, is it like you were feeling competitive, or you were feeling yeah, threatened? Or I was feeling threatened, yeah. exactly, and that's why I'm not proud of it. He would say things, and he he just kind <laughs> of like was. 
I, very sweetly oblivious yeah. in a way that like oblivious sounds like dumb. I just mean yeah. like he wasn't stressing about the things he said. Yes. He'd say things like, what do you guys got on tap this weekend? <laughs> so I took things that he said and I I'd print it. them on pictures of Kenny Powers and right. hang them up in my office. Little shitty, yeah. little like not nice. It's not nice. Yeah. Like, he, like one of them, I still remember them. They made us laugh so hard. One was, he goes, meditation's hard as shit. <laughs> I just put that on a... I mean, that works. It's good. It, they're good jokes. So you get that. One of them was... It was nice to apologize. My girl asked me, and now I'm just doing them. I can't do them. them yeah. I can't do them. We can't do them. But I'm so tempted to do them, and that's how I felt at the time. So it yeah. wasn't a feeling of malice. It was an insecurity that made it irresistible for me to tease him. I understand. And differentiate. So that, I think, is probably... The closest I came to bullying somebody. Yeah, I haven't but had a lot you? of. I haven't had a lot of instances of it. I think I remember being kind of a dick when I was like seven or eight, being like really cocky and like slightly Top Gunny, you know? Yeah, um, well, in the dude, schoolyard. It's funny and, that you say Top Gun because we confidence. got that. Zach Morris. Have you seen Zach Morris's trash? The funnier die videos. No, I haven't. Zach Morris. They just point out how Zach Morris is trash. Yeah, they analyze his behavior. So you say Top Gun. Yeah, our heroes yes. of stage and screen. So I did a little dicks. bit of that. There wasn't a lot of like shoving or pushing, but it was a lot of attitude and cockiness and like <laughs> maybe some clickishness and 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 like me trying to be cool and and make other people dorks, you know, so I could like be like certain that I wasn't that. That's you know? it. And that was like stupid, but I, I feel like I don't really feel that bad about it. I was like younger, but I have weird stuff where like it's not bullying, but it's um. It's like immense um, periods of like insensitivity to people that I was in relationships with, um, and I and I a lot of this stuff ends up in the book. And there's this one relationship I have with my freshman year of college roommate, um, and I I bring this up literally because I don't know where he is, and I'm hoping he hears this or he reads this in the book or yeah, somehow yeah, gets yeah. him. So Daniel Brown. And you can't find Daniel Brown. The name's too yep. hard. It's like p- punk groups that call yeah. themselves n- nude but, girls. But yes. <laughs> you can't but, Google but, them. But, <laughs> <laughs> That's how anti-establishment uh, <laughs> But um, Daniel, like, was uh, dark um, emotionally. He was listening to the Red House Painters and PJ Harvey, mm-hmm. and he liked to sit in the dark on his back with his arm over his eyes and he was having a hard time. Yeah. And I was 18 and just in the worst phase of cockiness and like Dave Matthews led life philosophy. Oh my like, god. Like I had the soul patch no! and it, and Tivas and it was Carpe Diem and life is so great and why aren't we doing everything all day long? I mean, our 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 room was a joke. You know, wow! And, and this kid's a little Ethan Hawke, Dead Poets Society. Yeah, maybe <laughs> even maybe <laughs> even darker. Yeah. yeah. And so I'd come in, and the and the and the lights were off, and PJ Harvey was on, and I, what I didn't, I wasn't like, "Hey, bro, this is Stu," you know. But I was just like putting the lights on and and trying to get that music off so we could get a little ants marching going and kind of pump <laughs> everything pump everything up. And over the course of oh, a year, no. I think I wielded a like. A very subtle but very consistent emotional tyranny of like yeah. forced positivity and zero validation yeah. to his anxiety, yeah, yeah. to his level of like you saw uncertainty right yeah. in the world. Yeah. I didn't see through him. I was just like, I'm just going to lift you up and it'll be fine. Oh, and worse. 
And as I got older and realized what it means to like be insecure more and feel that, I felt so bad that I like never like stopped and was like, do you want to sit in the – I'll just go in the study hall down right. the lane here so you can like – Doesn't it suck? Do that. We wish we were there the whole time. But- and it wasn't like an instant. It was a whole fucking year, you know? Oh, well, well. Um, yeah, and that and those things, I'm like, all right, I kind of feel bad about You're that one. You're so fragile. I always say wet and naked in the yeah. end. You're so desperate, especially – how old was this? We were 18. I feel like you're trying – it helps me understand bullies. Like yeah. that's, that's light. I, I feel – it's obviously you feel bad about it and it's not great. But it's like we're so desperate to be something yeah. that we really make other things – like you said, I'm trying to make him a dork yeah. so I can differentiate myself. And I can further define myself by pushing him that further away. Which is funny because yeah. you're both trying to like figure out who you are and one of you is doing it in a very – yeah, it's marching sort of <laughs> I know. Way. And the thing you is, you could have put on Crash. That's a and sad I love that could have worked. <laughs> thing is, I love Mark Kozlik and the Red House Painters and Sun Kill Moon right, so right, much right. now. Right. Well, why Val helps me understand that the people that I'm harshest to are people that I think um, aren't sharp. Mm. That's a that's kind of that's interesting. It's not specifically dumb. It's like they don't get things. Mm-hmm. They don't. So take that guy for example, who I yeah. think is a talented, funny guy. He just didn't know how he was coming across. Yeah. And he'd be like, what are you oh, guys yeah. on tap? He was missing So I'm that. like, yeah. ha! Yeah. And I had been teased my whole life for that. This is like fucking psychology one, yeah, 101. Yeah. But like, so when I see it in other people, not just being dumb, a specific type of dumb where you don't get the joke. Yeah, a little lack of awareness, a, a blind spot. Yeah, And I had that blind spot so hard for most of my life that I worked really hard and bullied. You bully yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then you – that's why we feel the urge to bully I think is because we're like, well, I saw that behavior in me and I was very mean to it. So I'll be mean to it yeah. in you. That's certainly not to excuse it and that, that yeah. doesn't explain all of it. But I think that might have been – Definitely a part of it for sure. What's going on? Um, I, I have a question that I wanted to ask you. Your friend you, you talked about earlier who you sat down with – who sat down with Ram Das. Yeah. Um, was that Duncan? No, it okay. wasn't Duncan. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Is because, it because Duncan just got married? Uh, no. It was, I went and sat up with his podcast. And, oh, and, oh, oh. oh and yeah. He asked me we, how – We had this amazing moment where he um, – he, and I don't think I'm betraying anything. I, I walked in and he's like, I have this picture I need to give to you um, and it's from the desk of Ram Das." And I was like, OK, I'll, I'll do it. And I wasn't like a Ram Das. Yeah person at all and i was like it must be for jay because jay is really into ram das right so i was like okay great so like i brought it to jay that gave it to him so like brothers and and then and then i was like wonder why he gave me that thing about ram das i'll go look at this video on netflix about ram das and i looked at that and i was like oh that's cool i'll look at this other video and all right i'll buy i'll buy be here now and I'll, i'll sift through that and i've been like Going in to the world of Ram Das, and I emailed. You got infected. I emailed Duncan, and and he was like, he said something so amazing to me, which was basically like, um, I just have to tell you the truth about this because I know it sounds weird, but if I don't, it would just be untruthful at this point in my life to not to like my I my my guru. My disembodied guru told me to give you that picture. And when you said Jay like that, I guess it was for Jay. But I think it might have been for you. Wow. Yeah. And so now I think I might have to go to Jay and be like, 
I want my Ram Das picture back. <laughs> I need my Ram Das picture back. But no one will understand more than Jay. No one will understand more than Jay. <laughs> That's a cool ass story. It's really funny. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Yes, no one will understand more than Jay. The last argument that we had was not really an argument. It was a discussion of of how are we moving forward and what does this all mean and and um and something occurred to me that was it's insane to think that this is true. And again, I, I know I keep saying this stuff in the book. Like, I'm going to say this and you're going to think I'm lying, but it's really true. Yeah. When I argue with Jay, um, that quote unquote argument takes the form of Jay is looking out for his own interests 50% and he's looking out for my interests 50%. It is literally 50 50. Hmm. He is at times defending me more than he is himself. Wow. And I don't even think I've gotten that far with my marriage and my kids yet. Wow. Like that's my goal eventually. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, And maybe that's just because we've had 41 years together Jay's, to work through that. Jay's a beautiful guy. He is. <laughs> he's a beautiful he's a, guy. He's a real beautiful why dude. He's, which is why he's not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> it comes through in his acting too. Yeah. I mean, it comes through in everything. I guess you could just say it comes through. Yeah, it comes through. Yeah, it yeah. comes through. So uh, you're saying, Ramda? Yeah, I really wasn't saying anything other than just like, uh, I was wondering if that was Duncan because of the Ram Dass connection. I know oh. you guys are friends. Well, Duncan yeah. is is why I know about Ram Dass. Oh, you yeah. can actually hear you can hear it. Like I think it's yeah. <laughs> it belongs in a time capsule. But I listened to the first time I heard about Ram Dass because it was on Duncan's podcast. So you, there's a recording of it. So you two were together on Duncan's podcast. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's where you got it. Yeah, and he told he me he infected about it. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, which is funny. I'm. It's interesting to hear him talk about a disembodied guru because I sort of, as can happen, I'm just going to speak from my perspective. I don't know what Duncan would feel. But Duncan's always kind of been more of a mischievous, um, sort of playful doubter of all that stuff. Yeah. Whereas I really just, it's kind of a personal, not not personal, like I don't want to talk about it. It just felt right for me personally. I just kind of dove in. Let it happen. And let it happen. Yeah. It felt right. It There was no like, I'll do this because I should. Yeah. I was just like, this feels right. I'm I'm with this. That's so wonderful. Then, it's not that I passed Duncan, but like I sort of like got in the same lane and started going 90. Yeah. And he was like, calm down, man. <laughs> and that's a good Duncan, yeah. by the way. It's a long road, man. <laughs> so I'm zooming and loving it. So, and then, but then every once in a while, Duncan will surprise me. He loves wearing the doubting hat. Yeah. Because I think that's more inclusive and beautiful for everybody. It is. And funny. It's, it's, and a, it's, nice, also it's a nice way in. Yeah. It's a great, he remains a bridge instead yes. of just going. I'm going down the road. So uh, I'm happy to hear that. And I'm going to sit with Ram Dass. You can do that. You can like go – it's called a private retreat. So I'm really excited about that. That sounds incredible. It's in August. I really like the way you describe Duncan as, as remaining a bridge and allowing people in. I'm reading that book, Why Buddhism is, Why Buddhism is True, right now. Oh, wow. And I like the way this guy presents it because he's very much doing the thing. Is where, he the science fellow? Uh, yeah, okay. his name's Robert something, and I forget. Okay. Of, um, but anyway, he he's clearly at a 10, and and he what he's doing is like, I'm not going to overwhelm you with my 10-ness. Here's two and a half, <laughs> and take a step on, and then let's yeah. just see how you do. Isn't that interesting? That's really great. You need that. Yeah. Here I am benefiting from Duncan and his bridgeness. Yeah. And then, not judging, but noticing... Hey, he's still a bridge. Yeah. And I'm like, don't you want to be over here? Yeah. But, see, but secretly, he is way over there. Yeah. Of course he is. He just remains – that's the whole idea of a guru, actually. Yeah. I'm not saying uh, Duncan's a guru. Let's let's not go nuts. But I'm just yeah. saying 
why do enlightened beings, let's say Buddha is a, everything we've heard is true. Yeah. Why are they here? Yeah. By the idea of, of Buddhism, they have no karma to work out. Totally. So the idea is that they're bodhi, bodhisattvas. They yeah. stay because it's their grace to stay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sounds, sounds great. cool. I fucking love it. So Duncan has some of that yeah. for sure. And I'm really excited about that. Apparently that it can be really intense to sit down with them yeah. one-on-one. Trying to go on with this is no going to be big. Are you doing this before you have your child? It's right before. That's great. So it's if the baby is a month early, yeah. I'm going to have to haul ass out of out of Maui. <laughs> I'm very excited that you are in a level of emotional awareness that you are at before you have your first child. I think it's going to be really oh, good for you. Thanks, man. Like I, I don't regret anything, but you know, my wife and I had kids when we were collectively like 29 years old. You know, yeah. um, and it was awesome. Because we had that youth and that energy and that excitement, you know. Um, but I think there might be something really special for you being as successful as you are now, not having to worry so much about a lot of the things that I was – I was still like on the mountain and the right, climb, right, you know. Right, you, Like Stephen Colbert. You might be able to get like something <laughs> – this might be really special, oh, you know. Thanks, That's going to be man. fucking cool. You got it comes through in the book. Now I'm bringing up the book. Okay. You guys have a lot of empathy and a lot of – you. like even Jay tweeted something – recently that was like the fact that the president lied is uh is scary yeah but the fact that half of the country doesn't (laughs) give a shit is fucking terrifying yeah and i was like you guys don't mind spelunking a little bit Mm -hmm. into the dark places and oh yeah and the and the bright places so i appreciate you even considering what i'm saying is it's like you're not (laughs) (laughs) not a lot of people are giving it's rare. I, it's just weird to say. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you know it when you see it and would like to be it all the time. Yeah. But it's wonderful for you to even consider what it'll be like for me to have a baby, and I appreciate it. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just genuinely psyched for I'm you. I'm super psyched. I think we're going to do a lot of these podcasts over the years. Oh, I hope so. And, and uh, it's a shame we didn't record this one, and no <laughs> one's going to get to hear it. But I'm – but God damn it. It's going to be great. You ripped that tape right out of the camera. <laughs> and you, you, you did it. We have to we have to talk about one thing that's specifically in the book. Okay. Um, do you have to go? Mm-mm. I don't actually know, honestly. What time is they it? They told me you had until 45. Oh, great. Yeah, we do. If you but got I mean, that, I got that. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm we're, good. We're being super chill because I want to be honest about when this is right. This – okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> You have to. I'm insisting that you read this. I haven't read any part of the book out loud yet. This is the one you want to read. Okay. (laughs) I – okay. I haven't read uh, all of it. But this – I read this in my office. I took a little break and read this, the first couple chapters. And this when I read Karate Master. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Dude, I died. I was cackling – I'm happy to say that's not that weird for me to be laughing in my office, but I was laughing at a book. And as I'm as it's happening, I'm going, I'm laughing at a book. <laughs> it was such a weird thing. Happen. But specifically – I laugh in George Saunders' short stories. I do. I, I laugh. I laugh. 10th I, of December got me going. I used to, <laughs> I used to laugh at uh, Dave Barry a lot. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, you have to – All right. Let's see how much – because let me tell you something. Your Karate Master is you – and and Jay had a VHS camcorder that used to connect to a VCR. Hundred percent. So you'd have, I remember these. You'd have to lug it, lug it from yep. room to room. And when I read this, and you guys were doing it from memory, but I, you must have nailed it. 
because it's so exactly what it feel it felt like for me with my friends to be making these things. The story, it just kills me. We don't have to do the whole thing. Let's see how far we get. Let's it's see incredible. what happens. Let's see what happens. Interior, modest home, day. <laughs> a karate master played by an eight-year-old Mark Duplass casually saunters around his living room <laughs> thinking about stuff. He, ta- <laughs> <laughs> he takes in his surroundings and accomplishments with an air of self-satisfaction. He also wears his karate gi, though he appears to be doing no karate at the moment. Note, the karate kid had just come out and we were taking karate lessons. We had a rented gi. We felt we had to use it. Suddenly, the karate master hears a noise. I, I just, he sees I something can't. off screen that scares him and causes him to flee to another room. But we don't get to see what he sees. Note, we were not aware that we should have shot and shown what he actually saw. Then finally, we see the burglar played by our neighbor Brant, who didn't really want to be doing this, the burglar slowly turns the door handle and walks into the living room. The cameraman, Jay, follows him in, filming him from the side as he looks around the living room. He pulls out a cigarette, blue Bic pen, and lights it, mimed. Suddenly, the karate master appears in the kitchen just beyond the burglar and his cigarette. He sees the burglar and runs toward him. He jumps into the air, kicking the cigarette out of the burglar's hand. Note, we shot this about seven times, each time moving the cigarette farther and farther away from Brant's face so I wouldn't injure him with my poorly aimed kick. There is a quick shuffle, very quick, too quick, and the burglar throws the karate master out of the house. Cut to, sometime later, much later, so much later that the burglar now seems to have taken ownership of the house at this point. That's a very specific <laughs> That's thing. So kid. The connective tissue so was kid. not important. It's also the idea that like whoever's in a house, it's their house. You know what's interesting <laughs> is like the way you make movies as a kid is like the way that you make trailers now. It's like just get to the good stuff right. that people want to see. That's right. It's kind of who cares what he saw. Get who to gives the kid. a shit? About the montage scene in the middle where you get the phone call to set it up. That's or, right. We don't care. Get to the fights. We don't care about yeah, that. get to the fights. Um, all right. I'm not going to read any more of that because there's so much more to be had. <laughs> Can I just say the, the knife at one point? Yes. This is my favorite part. <laughs> the burglar comes to the karate master who, spoiler, yeah. loses. He loses, dude. He's the master. He's the. He doesn't dabble. He's the karate master. No. He loses. It's not shown, though, is it? No, it's not shown. The burglar comes in the kitchen with the knife, and this is my favorite detail. It's already dripping. <laughs> yes, we couldn't figure that out, so we just went it with it. It already had blood on it. <laughs> Who did he kill? <laughs> I think uh, in in Latin, it's called preterition. It's actually when they show you something before, it's going to happen. Oh, it was very advanced. Yeah, it was very, very advanced. Very, very advanced. Yep. The book is so, 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 so funny. And uh, I don't know. What was it? Was it a joy to write or does it, was it difficult to write? I know this sounds like a boring standard question, but yeah. I'm writing a book right now. And I it's, didn't know it's, you were writing a book. Yeah, it's everything. It's been a couple of years, but like I finally got like – I sold it, and deadlines are now happening. Okay. Yeah, so I'm actually doing it. Wait, I did know about this. We did talk about this, maybe briefly. Yes, yeah. yes. Now I know. Now I remember. Um, the process was um, complex. Um, in general, it was great because I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. I didn't feel like I should know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So the pressure was off for me to be efficient. 
and I wrote a lot of garbage and it wasn't that good and that's okay. And and it was a lot like picking up a guitar when you're 13 and that intense, steep learning curve, yeah. which is gone for me as a screenwriter. Yeah. I get in there and I kind of know what I'm doing and I still enjoy it. But this was like – Starting over. When you ramp up quickly, you're like, oh, this is how it works and this is how it – oh, shit. Yeah. That rejuvenation was lovely. Huh. Um, and then the only other difficult part for me was – and I'm sure you can identify with this with Crashing – Finish a script. It really only has to be a B plus to go shoot it because you yeah. know. Well, we'll improvise this yeah. dialogue. We can yeah. shave it down in editing. We'll add the music later on, and in color, it's really going to come up. Right. Nope, nope. Right. This right. is the last. This is your last wow. chance to make this thing. That's zing. exactly right. My biggest fear is turning it in and having them be like, "Good." I'm. I'm like, I need another pass. Yeah. You always want another pass. Yeah. So. Um, so that was difficult. And then wow. this wonderful thing happened where my niece, uh, Lauren Budd, who is now 21 but was 19 and was interning with me in her summer off at the time, I was like having her like look at it because I knew she knew grammar much better than I did because oh, she's a current English major wow. and I'm a past English major who has forgotten Shrunken White. Right. Um, and, um, and so she was doing that. And then it just turned out that she – almost became like the de facto editor of the book because she just reads so much the way that I watch movies so much. She was just uh, an expert uh, in the way that I wasn't at about what a book can be. Yeah. And so my 19-year-old niece basically <laughs> told us what to do and wow. she was right. Wow. And that was awesome. That's interesting because it does have that like – like I said, there's a self-conscious or hyper-conscious tone where you know it's a book. Yeah. You're like, hey, we know it's a book. We're going to be interjecting. But you're also like – we're interjecting as Mark, and you're having faith that if Mark interjects here, then you interject again, it's Mark again. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's, it's almost like a screenplay in that way. 100%. But you could have, there had to have been choices made. Maybe that's what you're 19 Yeah, and, and, and I eventually got to the place where I got out of my head and I got into my spirit and my non thinking place, which is yeah. my value as an artist. When I'm in that place, I'm good. Um, so I thought about it for like a year, and then that stuff was not as great. And then I stopped thinking about it, and then it, and then I felt good. That's what Moshe told me too. He was like, "Just move forward. Yeah, just keep moving forward." Because polishing and editing and thinking is a completely different hundred percent part of you. Hundred percent. It's so interesting and helpful. I, I'm actually being kind of selfish. When can I read some of what you've written? Oh my and god! Be a part of I would, this process. I would love to re send you some. I would love it. Is religion in there? It's it's it it's interesting. Yes, absolutely. I'm assuming it would. It's about thinking that remembering it too. Yeah, I think you like the pitch and that yeah. made me really Okay. Happy. I'm excited. It's about the coming of age through the church sort of stuff. Oh yes. Oh yes. Let's speaking of just because we normally do at the end, talk about is there any new you're getting into Buddhism? Mm-hmm. Just like hashtag shareables. Yes, hashtag we, shareables. We talked about this last time, so there's no pressure. People can listen to our last conversation for your general feeling. Mm -hmm. But since I saw you last, are there things that are kind of coming to the surface? I mean, the Ramdas story is pretty significant. Yeah, some a whole bunch of shit has happened since we saw each other last. Um, oh God. Okay, so for my forty first forty first birthday, um, Katie and I went to the to the Post Ranch Inn. We never splurge on vacations. Mm, what is and it? it's this like glorious resort in Big Sur where you can really experience nature and walk around and, and just settle out. And 40 didn't mean that much to me, but 40 
And 4241 was actually a time when I started specifically thinking, what's the back half going to be about? In a, in a very healthy way, in a non-stressed yeah. way. Like, I climbed the mountain. I, this is really exciting. I got a family I love, got a nice amount of friends. What's the meaning going to come from um, now? And, um, and I was kind of feeling a little confused about it. And then long story short, something happened with our company where because we own a lot of these movies and TV shows that we've made over the year, someone bought a bunch of those things for us, bought more rights to them, mm-hmm. and a massive amount of money dropped into my account without me expecting it. Wow. And so like we go out and do things and we like – I'll do this and I'll make this money. And right. while it's exorbitant how much money we make, it's a direct earning based on effort. This was a bird just like <laughs> dropped it into my account. It was manna. <laughs> and 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 it made me depressed. And I was like, what is this feeling? I should be so happy about this. And I realized, well, oh, it just stole one more of my god, which was this idea that like I could accomplish and and make money and that would make me excited. It mm. just like took away the meaning of what that could be. And so I got I got sad and I walked around sad and then I got intensely calm and blissed out, which never happens to me. I mean, I have so much joy. You feel our energy. It's excitable. We're connecting. But I ain't peaceful. Like, there's no, like, (laughs) there's no sitting on a bench for me and just like, isn't this nice? You know? There's there's none of that. Um, and, And it started to happen to me, and I was like, oh my god, I think I might have achieved a relative level of nirvana for myself. And that was like two months of it. And everybody was looking at me like, what is going on with Mark? Get out. Because this dude is like in it. Jordan Peele. It was unbelievable. (laughs) And then then I got strep throat. And I have traditionally pretty bad neck, shoulders, arms stuff for my just physical injuries. Um, And then since then – my – I've had a lot of physical pain from that, um, which really disturbed my peace and made me pissed, wow. you know. Um, and that's where the Buddhism started to come in because I was like, if I can gain some objectivity and find a way to be at peace by just objectively looking at this pain that I'm living in and see what it is mm-hmm. and accept it, um, then I think I might – I might have a chance to sustain this, you know? Wow. So, so personally, that's what right, I'm going on. You were in the Zen place. I had the zone. And the, the and, and, and while I was in it, I was like, please don't let it go away. Yeah. I was, I was talking to Katie. I was like, I hope this stays. I don't know how to make it stay. I can't, wow. I can't grip it too much. Cause if I try to grip it, I'll squeeze it to death. It's like when I'm laying in bed at night and you see something amazing Yeah, on the back of your eyelids, you see like the Island from hook or something. Oh, it's like the wonderful <gasps> thing. And it's so beautiful. And then you go like, Wow, it's so – and then it goes and away. And it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about all of these states. So you're in it and you don't – but the shoulder pain and the neck pain didn't rob you of it. It didn't rob me of it, but it definitely hurt it. Challenged. And definitely challenged it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the personal space for me now is like – it's it's just great. I mean honestly, I, I've got myself to this place where I have re-identified this physicalized pain. Mm. I, I You're feeling he, it now? He, oh, right now. 100%. <laughs> um and, and and so now now it is funny <laughs> right now and now and now um instead of this like intensely negative thing that comes to me 
I've created a whole backstory for him. It's a guy, the neck pain. The pain. Yeah. Wow. And he's one of my old friends, okay? And so what he does is um, he comes and knocks on my door a lot like I knocked on your door very gently. And and I see him there and I think, oh, he's back again. If I let him in, I'm going to have to spend time with him and I'm not going to be able to do all these wonderful things that I want to do and enjoy myself doing, all this excitable stuff, all this work. So I'm not going to open the door. Okay, a couple days go by. Then he knocks a little louder, a little more pain comes on. And I say, man, he's really becoming kind of a pain in the ass now. (laughs) And he's really trying to break into my hang time with Pete and all these fun things I want to do. But I'm not going to let him in. And then what he does is he barges down the door and and he knocks me to the floor and he sits on me. And he says, because you won't answer the door, I'm now going to come have to sit on you. So you can't go do all those things because you didn't listen to me. And while he's sitting on me, I get mad at him. And he says, you can get mad at me. It's okay. I know you always do this. We've been doing this for years together. And then you're going to realize that I'm good for you. And and I say, why are you good for me? And he says, because I'm stopping you from having a heart attack. Because if you go and do all these crazy workaholic things you do, you're going to be dead. And so I'm keeping the heart attack friend at the park where he belongs away from you. And I'm just the shoulder pain friend. I'm the best version yeah, yeah, yeah. of slowing you down. Yeah. And you want me here. So just do me a favor. Next time I knock gently, open the door, give me a hug, yeah. accept me. Yeah. And I-, I won't fuck you up too bad. Right. I'll let you do your thing. But if you don't, if you ignore me, yep. I'm going to come sit on your ass again. Yeah. And we have this kind of jolly like, oh, you, you again thing. Yeah. And that's what I'm working towards. Wow. It's extremely challenging. The heart attack guy's just feeding the ducks. At the, the heart at attack the guy's feeding his ducks and in the park. And all the ducks are falling over. And they're all dying, but I'd rather the fucking ducks die than me. So that's my, that's that's my neck pain for Great. That's great. I was wondering if you were having that feeling of like a big Buddhist thing that's difficult for everybody. I just had uh, – I was riding the G train and it broke down and I was listening to um, uh, a mantra. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I listen to music mantras. It's mm-hmm. very helpful. Easier than meditating sometimes on the train. Anyway, yeah. so uh, I get off and I'm standing there and I have this mantra, beautiful mantra looping in my Good timing. earphone. And I'm just kind of like, this is it, man. Like just stare at the train. Like I'm watching mm-hmm. – not that I was doing better than anybody. I was still having like discomfort and yeah. annoyance. But I'm watching everybody like music. Like there's some instruments that just start playing. Like they start panicking and all mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, can I just stay? Can I just have tea with delayed train? Very difficult. Yes. But then I'm thinking about that Buddhist idea where they're like, your su- life is suffering, right? That's the yeah. Buddhist idea. And suffering is attachment. Mm-hmm. And attachment to what? It's like you have a narrative of how your life should be going. And what's happening isn't that. Yeah. It's a very basic idea. But you think you shouldn't have neck pain. Exactly. Or it sounds like you're trying to reshift that and go, I do have neck pain. I do have and neck there's pain. There's a purpose. And, there, and there's a nice little – and I will create this little justification or narrative story for myself right. and invite it in. Right. And here's the thing that's uh, – I'm lucky about because I'm, I'm built a special way. I don't have to achieve 100% success in this to be happy about it. If I can get this 22% of the time yeah. in, in the just slight – Western Buddhist inclusion of the ideas into my life, but still basically be a rat race person. Right. If I just get 22% – 
Score! Isn't that I'm funny? so happy. Isn't I'm so good. Because, you know, detachment, eh, I got a wife and kids. I'm not going to detach from them. That's something wrong I love them. It's not going to happen for me. Okay? <laughs> you don't want it. I'm sorry. That's, I read this book. Oh, what was it called? It doesn't matter. It was a small book. It might have been called Awakening. Or maybe that was that movie. <laughs> maybe it was that movie. <laughs> <laughs> movie killed me. It's actually kind of like your book because when De Niro goes to his mom, he's been in a coma. Yeah. And he goes, Mama! And he's a little boy again. I felt that pain you felt. Like, we wish we could have yes. that mom. We wish we could have Jay in the bed. So that movie, it's like, oh, here's a grown man feeling how he used to feel for his mother as a child or yeah. whatever. You're like, ah! It's, like, it's just like, it's too much. Yeah. It's, that's why it's such a great topic and so fun to talk about and also so sad. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, uh, Awakening, the book that is not, not awakening. He goes, the first step, this is what one guy said. It's not like a, necessarily like a holy or ancient script or whatever, but he says, the first step to waking up is admitting you don't want to wake up. Mm. And I'm like, ah. And Ramdas talks about that a lot. He goes, it's the dark night of the soul. Yeah. Is when you realize you love the drama. Yeah. You love fighting with your neck pain. And I specifically like, I hate shaving for crashing. Hate yeah. is a strong word. But you resent that you have to shave every day. Yeah. Even though I'm very fair and normally I shave about once a week. And now I'm shaving every day and it makes your skin raw yep. and all these things. Hate it. So you start to resent it. What was my point? Oh, you – what was my point? I don't know, Pete. Fuck my face. <laughs> I started thinking about how good the point was instead of staying with the point. But we were talking oh, about – Oh, I was talking about detachment and how I don't want to do it and then the first step is admitting. Admitting you don't want to do it and I'm you don't want to wake f- up. Oh, I don't know what shaving I had to do with it. That was odd. But <laughs> admitting that you like the drama of life yes. and you're addicted to it. And if you give away the suffering, you also give away the ecstasy. And you're, you're actually aiming towards this sort of, even when you're really into something, mm. you're not gripping that. Yeah. But we like gripping. It's, it's, it sounds sometimes you know like what? the worst thing. I, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> As you're saying this, I'm like, I actually don't. Don't like, like what? I, I don't like the drama anymore, and I don't like the gripping. Oh, I don't think great. I do. That's I, great. Honestly, like, it, it sounds weird to say this, but I feel like... My life up to this point has been so incredibly fucking dynamic. The levels of ups and downs and deep love and intimacy and rejection and heartbreak and and I'm never going to make it in this business. Oh my god, I got further than I would ever get. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm collaborating with this person now. I've yeah. had so much of that. If I could just just have a nice smooth cruise control ride. Right. I mean if nobody knows anything but I would say I would accept that now if I could just I think you are similar in that way because I've calmed down so significantly after success. Yeah. But I think the problem, and I'm going to posit this to you. Yeah. Is we just, we we both have recently been eating cake. Yeah. So we're going, wouldn't it be nice to not yeah. eat cake? Totally. Totally. And I'm afraid. <laughs> totally. You get it immediately. Yeah, totally. I'm just afraid that if we went a couple years without any cake, we'd go, uh, couple years? years? Couple of years? Three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> three, be... three weeks. But there is a, I think there's a way, and this is one of those more interesting Buddhist ideas of doing it without being attached to it either way. It's weird to kind of scold your bliss. Mm-hmm. Like you slap it on the wrist and you go, don't feel too proud. Yeah. Because I do get those moments where I'm like, I'm recreating my life yeah. for for my job. Like I'm analyzing, I'm doing this wonderful thing and I'll start to feel very proud in a good way. And then I go, ah, just just let it be. Mm-hmm. 
But the truth is we want to jump in the yes, milk that Yes, that, that, that 100%. I'm okay with that. I'll, but you, I'll have, but you can't, you gotta, I guess the game is you have to drop both. Yeah. Because when you're in that place, like your children are sometimes, I'm assuming, of openness. Well, I don't know. Kids get lost in the drama pretty quick. We all did at you're least. Gonna, you're going to have an incredible time. Watching them? Yes, you are gonna. You are just gonna love this. I'm really excited. Oh god, it's gonna be so. It's gonna be so. And I, I will just say, man, right now, in our house, there is a foosball table, and there are foosball tournaments, and there are decks of cards, <laughs> and and we play, uh, you know, massive card game tournaments, and we make pizzas, and. Yes, I blow their mind with like uh, Truman Show, but also Austin Powers and yeah. Men in Black marathons, yeah, 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 and and swimming and butt launching in the pool where you put their butt in your hands and you yeah. throw them in the air, yeah. and um, that's amazing. I mean, you just fucking wait, dude. I can't wait. And I know I made a whole show about how hard it is with togetherness, but uh, that maybe it's just this phase too. This this these ages. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. I can't wait. I'm so happy to hear you say that, though. There's no shortage of people who love to tell you, sleep now. Yeah, yeah. Sleep now, bro. Yeah. I think that you are an emotionally awake person who's willing to understand that you're going to pay yeah. to have some of these things. Yeah. I just get that sense about you. Yeah. Um, so I think you're going to be fine. I appreciate that. Yeah. My friend Rob Bell said something that I could feel you saying or agreeing to, which he's like, He's like I. He was like I enjoyed all of it. Like I would get up for the four a.m. feeding or whatever, and he was like, and he knows how to talk to guys like us. He goes like, and that's when I would have that outside of the box idea about the thing. You will. <laughs> when you have that when you have that child in a Bjorn at like four forty five in the morning, walking while the sun is coming up, and you're kind of exhausted in that good way. That's like a little bit stoned because yeah, your, yes. your ideas are flowing. Yes, and you're being like silly and goofy and weird. Your armor isn't on yet. Ooh. Yes. I remember this distinct moment with, with Aura, my youngest, when she was maybe like four or five months and I was letting Katie sleep and uh, and we were walking around the neighborhood in Silver Lake and and um, we were just like playing around with this little flower for like a while and I looked across the street and there was this like 80-year-old woman just staring at me with this smile on her face and I was like, Aura's going to be that old one day and I'll be dead and that's that's cool, you know. Yeah. And we kind of looked at each other and had and like shared it all, wow. you know. And then she just smiled at me and she just said, "I'm so glad to see you enjoying your baby like that," you know. Mm. And it kind of hit me. It hit me and stuck with me. I was like, "Yeah, why am why else am I doing this? Yeah, I should probably try to party. That <laughs> that's what we should be doing here." Well, isn't it funny that enlightened or or, or let's just say airy people tuned in people or whatever do tend to have that like why aren't we yes there's a there's a lightness to it it's not well, if i get that thing I'm gonna... yeah yeah you're just like huh and that's why that's what makes it so delicious is that we've all tasted that place of like this is incredible and yes. then it, and then it kind of and then it's gone and then it can go away yeah it can go away you well, brought up we're we have five minutes excellent i'd be remiss Wild, wild country. I texted Jay about it. I okay. Think. Again, I'm telling you, I have this. You tell me. I have this don't bother Mark thing. And don't bother Jay. 
please, <laughs> please bother me. I honestly. was gonna. I was gonna. Honestly, make, okay. I'm gonna start bothering you, and that's I mean, that's the promise. And then we'll just be honest with each other, and like you'll just be like, Mark, I'm I'm with my newborn right now, ah. and and the, and there's as much as I love you, there was no space for you here. Yeah, and I wish you well. And let's talk in two months. And that would be the greatest thing I could get from you. As a, you know what I mean? Just that level of honesty. That is beautiful. It's wonderful. And and let's 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 embolden each other let's, to do that. I'm in. You know, I'm in. You're you're Jay Duplassing this moment. You're a little ahead of me. But I'm in. <laughs> uh, I would be. Wild Wild Country was amazing. Um, and I texted Jay. He didn't know. Were the homeless people invited to the orgies? <laughs> That's my only question. It is not addressed. The, the truth is, I don't know either. He said, we, "I got I'll text. I'll text Mac and Chap and see." Um, <laughs> it's very conspicuous. Like it it's, is. A, it's a lot of people having a lot of sex, and then they bring in a lot of. This is not a huge spoiler. Yeah. That's one of the great compliments to the show. Is you're like, I could spoil you can one sp- of the things. By the way, the first episode spoils almost the whole show. We tease and tell you what's coming so that we you can enjoy it. The first episode, yeah. actually, and I, I, I didn't notice that, but you're absolutely. That was right. one of the the only creative additions I had to the show was like let's let's tell people what this yeah. is and what's it's coming. It will make them more patient. It will make them enjoy everybody a lot yeah. more, and yeah. we'll get it will buy us time to milk it all. Yeah. Um, uh, other than that, it does mention. I don't want to give spoilers. I know Alex hasn't seen it, but it does. Like, there's news clips where they go, "The biggest blah 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 yep. case in history," and no, you're let's like, "Give it to him." Huh. So yeah. you kind of know something like that. I remember because one of the uh, let's not. I'm sure you have to hear a lot of people do this to you because it's so incredible. Thank you. Is you fall in love with everybody? Like you, yes. you flop, 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 and at the end. You're just you're still flopping, and Jay and I have been talking about like I watch Osho videos now, and I'm yeah. like, he doesn't say anything. Nope. that nuts. <laughs> is that what's, what you... re- what's really wonderful about Osho is that <laughs> he's very very popular in a lot of Western European countries, um, mm. and a lot of young people have come across his teachings who were quite honestly not alive or not listening to the news mm. um, in the late seventies and early eighties. And so those people are watching Wild Wild Country on Netflix about some crazy person named Bhagwan, and they don't know it's Osho until we tell them Osho in the lawyer. Yes. In the, in the series. Yeah. So it's literally like – You're blowing. It's like you and I are sitting down and we're watching a <laughs> bank robbery documentary and then in episode two we're like – Wait, that's Jesus <laughs> of Nazareth? Oh my God, that's hilarious! He just fucking put six bullets into that woman. Wow! Like that is the wow. experience that Osho fans are having across Western Europe. Are so, they sticking with him? I wonder because I think they should. Jay and well, Jay and I were talking. We're like, this guy. I I I know he was. My theory is that he got corrupted. Like he mm-hmm. he lost his way. Yeah. A of course, bit. but I think he had a good message and interesting things, and certainly a, an aura about him that yep. seemed to change people. A hundred percent. Sheila tells the story the first time she saw him. I mean, people have a lot of feelings about Sheila, but it's not normal for someone to be like melted, yeah. by the presence of somebody. Yeah. He never blinks. He's very calm. He does, you know, gets a little iffy in the middle there. Yeah. He- but when you, you wait, when you watch him, I hear stories about uh, gurus like Ram, uh, yeah. like. Duncan's disembodied guru yelling at people, yeah. getting mad. 
the thing that they noticed though was a ditch, a detachment from it. Yeah, like they were just doing it in the way that a clock tells time. They're like, I, I sometimes have, humans get angry. I have this like it's it's this gray area for me that is also linked to what people call star quality, and it can be as small as you meet someone who's a little bit calm and they have massive blue eyes, yeah. and you are just drawn to them. That's the six yeah. percent guru, you know. And then it goes <laughs> further, whereas that that same person actually has incredible powers of elocution yes. and they're good looking and they had enough uh, money so they didn't have to slave away at jobs and they were able to do something special. And so like yeah. they get to be like 35% guru. And so there's all these grades of these people that I run into in life, you know, and, and it's just like certain people just have so much of it that it puts them into the status where they can probably attract followers. Wow. You know? That's very interesting. He he is mesmerizing. Yeah. You look at a photo of him, you're just kind of like, yeah, I'd cast him this as a This guy's guru. got something. He's got something going on. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is just magnetism. Magnetism is, is, a great, of, is a great word it, for yeah. it. But yeah. I like star quality. But there's something else. There's He's, something else. But when I watched the videos, I was surprised, and this is what Jay and I spoke briefly about, I was surprised that I didn't disagree with anything he said because yeah. he's just sort of like... I did find one interesting video where he talked about Jesus died in India when he was 110 or something. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, that's different. It's fun. I loved it. (laughs) I thought it was fun, but I was like, that's a little – someone might think that's wacky. Um, But most of the time he's just like – I actually loved one of the things he said. He goes, there is no God in the way that we – I won't do the voice – that we think about God. He's like – People always want something outside of this that created this. And yeah. he gets all these laughs, yeah. those kind of weird cult laughs, yeah. where it's a little too liberated. It's always yes. like, <laughs> and he's just like, yes. God A created God B, yeah. and God B creates God C, and God yeah. C creates... Like, because if you make a God outside of this, your theory that nothing can exist without something to create it. Totally. It's the basic thing, but he said it in a funny way, what made the God? And he's just like, you have this endless circle of gods creating the next God. And he's like, it's just this. It's just this. He's like, stop looking for more. It's just this. Which is nice for a guru to say. I think that's great. It's very similar to what Penn Jillette, huge, obviously uh, eloquent atheist, same message. He's just like, stop looking for more. It's right here and it's right now. And you're watching and you're like, I don't like this. Like yeah. you'll get that sort of spark that I get from a good Alan Watts video or a good yeah. Ram Dass video. Well, isn't that the best when you're watching movies and you're just like you're watching the villain and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, bud. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're choosing an, an odd way to express it, and I wouldn't have done that. But like uh, your essential tenets make sense to me. That's right. You know, it would have been so what, boring if he was just like, we have to kill all yeah. our neighbors or whatever. And that's what these, these these dudes. I mean, that's what they got right. Chap, Chap and Mac Way are collectively like uh, 12 years younger than me and Jay and us being able to work with them and watch them as younger versions of ourselves do it and just step back and say, okay, you creatively know exactly what you're doing. We can't help you. You're much better documentary filmmakers than we are. Um, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to basically create an orb around you and we are going to use our powers, which is we can get a final cut and full creative control. Um, and we're going to pay for this thing and take it out and sell it later so that you can do what you want to do. We're going to give final cut to you because you know what you're doing and just use our slightly older, more experienced brotherdom yeah. to orb around your younger brotherdom your and b- just do it. And it was fucking amazing. It was the greatest collect because I'm getting so much out of this. Everybody thinks that I'm like, more creatively involved than I was. Not true. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, everybody's like, Mark, good job on your Wild Wild Country series. I'm like, I was just 
yeah. in the Big Brother program right, to these right, kids. Right. You know? I was just the name you recognized. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and and it was just – I'm looking to do way more of that. Uh, you know, Speaking of like kind of if Jay and I are not collaborating as intensely side by side, what's the future of like what we're doing? Yeah, it's that stuff. So much more of that. I think that's why you see people like Judd obviously that, that continue yes. to mentor and find that satisfaction – Conan, even when I did my talk show, he was like, I'm going to run defense for you oh, in a way that people didn't run defense for me. That's and wonderful. Like, this is, There's a little oh, survivor's no. guilty kind of thing that it's part Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. But just wonderful. But it really, I mean, it really paid out. I mean, it's yeah. incredible. He is a, you, what's your, that's my one question is, it sounds like I know the answer kind of, is Osho was a villain, was he completely full of baloney? To, in, for my personal opinion, yeah. I don't believe that. I mean, the truth is, not even Mac and Chap, who are so intensely entrenched in all it, have concrete opinions on what all this is. Really? Yeah. Because you don't get that many. Isn't that, or is that confirmation bias? You don't get 50,000 people to live <laughs> with you. I guess it's free. I don't know what the other appeals are. If you don't have something. He's got something. He's got to come out and do something. For sure. Even if it's just like an amazing speaker. 100%. And you can't deny the environmental aspects of the threats that were coming in that made them do things they might not have normally done. This is me defending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Providing this case in a debate, essentially. Right. Because I am kind of objective the way I look at it. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and they were also taking some substances themselves that were slightly mind altering and made them do weird things. I thought they times. did no drugs. No, there was some stuff. There was, some <laughs> there stuff. was, there was some stuff. Yeah. Um, LSD or I'm assuming, um, you know what I'm trying to, I don't want to speak out of turn cause it's, I want to remember exactly what it was, but, but Bogwan Bogwan did take some stuff um, every day. I don't know. Microdosing? I, should, I should be texting with Mac and Chap right now. I'm guys, so sorry. guys, guys, guys. Uh, um, two, two fellas talking without yeah. authority. Maybe that was yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but um, but yeah, I guess like my my feeling on it is like my, if I'm getting personal on it is like I really believe that that thing could have worked if they were not threatened. If that thing was not challenged inside of Sheila, mm. she might have spun out in some other milder form of megalomania where she like – ousted someone she didn't like from the leadership right, council right. that thing was going to present probably at some point i think the extreme way that it presented um was due to the challenge that they were faced with um yeah. and i get a little sad when yeah. i look at that community because the truth is a lot of the crazier sex cult stuff was more happening in india um in the mm. late 60s by the time they got to america it was actually much milder and there were a lot of people there who had closed marriages and were yeah. not doing that and right. and it was much more into this land of oh we are building this new sustainable community with green yeah. resources yeah. and based on pure joy and all it's that similar stuff to was what exciting. you and maybe Jay talked about the idea it's also in the book it's sort of mentioned in the book the idea that it's like we should have cool apartments in Manhattan or we should all live together you yes. know what I mean yes. so we're, Val and I always watch those things going like we call it the farm dream. We go, this is the yeah. farm dream where yeah. we all – I probably said this last time we talked – where you have that community because it's just shown that people feel more connected and feel happier when they're sharing and, and co-creating. That's, that's what our room. office is in Highland Park in Los Angeles. It's 5,500 square feet, four-level old yeah. house. Yeah. 
And um, at any given day, there's 25 to 30 of us in there, maybe four or five different projects from yeah. Room 104. Room 134 is going to be in there. <laughs> um, Wild Wild Country, you know, our little movies. Yeah. And everybody's watching each other's cuts and weighing in on it and getting feedback. And there's different lunches that happen together. And it is truly idyllic. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of a dream I had where the dream was just I realized I was in a space like that. And there was a room that was always filled with a great audience that you could try stand mm-hmm. up in. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, you, you, you've been here before. You don't remember this place? It was basically paradise. Yeah. And it was snowy for some reason. Let's um, get it. Let's so, do it. Oh, that's an interesting uh, Osho take that I – you know what I always go to is that his, he died peacefully too, yeah. which could have been a lie. But I'm like, you can't be a charlatan and die peacefully. Oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah. when, it's going to come get you. In those moments, you're going to go, ah! yeah. even if it's just for a second. And the people with him were like, he went like a like you'd expect is what they said. He went like a, like a fucking guru boss. Oh, just, show. I'm out. Oh, show. Oh, shout. <laughs> you got to go. Oh, I'd have to go? Isn't that nuts? Shit. All right. I got to go. Yeah, you got to right. go. Um, wait, hey, man. Here's the, here's the book one last time okay. for audio. That was the, the, the book's not that heavy. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like brothers. I've only read a little bit. It's incredible so far. Hardest I've laughed, and it's filled with wonderful showbiz advice and brother stuff, which obviously is beautiful. So check that out now with a forward by Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Uh, and I love seeing you. Hey, man. It's always great being here. This is the best. We, let's, we'll, uh, we'll do it. Let's knock together on the way out, shall we? Yes. <laughs> we are. We are not yet in sync, and I like that. That means we have more time together. Is that what it is? I don't know what it is. It just happened. I don't know. (laughs) Would you say keep it crispy? It's just what we do. Keep it crispy. (laughs) You now have two. I do. Oh, uh, let me tell you one thing about your shoulder pain. There are some monks. Are we still recording? There's some, like everyone needs to hear this, some monks that wear itchy sweaters under their robes to deliberately be uncomfortable. Oh, fucking A. To do what you're doing with your shoulder pain. All right. Thank you for that. I, that's I, a gift. I, that's, there you go. All right. Remain crispy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy.